Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Cole Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rick Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. I'm Rocky Sita Romero, David Starr. Support WrestleTalk. You are watching WrestleTalk. Congratulations, you got here. Now, subscribe and support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk and please subscribe now. Support WrestleTalk. Do it. Support Ollie, support me, support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Because we talk about wrestling, and I like it. Support WrestleTalk. Don't subscribe. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Lou Gowen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, both the Ravens. Hello, and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. God damn. This is going to take a while to get used to. Ramble just it comes up through my gullet. It's all going to burp. It's almost as if we shouldn't have changed it. Hey, (laughs) better for the branding. The branding is king and reigns above us all. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation. And a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Doing well. Yourself? Doing very well, thank you very much. How was your weekend? I went to Bath. Ooh, very nice. The historic town of Bath. Uh, I know it's historic because it's full of tourists. Oh, tourists. So many American accents. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. It's great. It's it's just weird to see that that much American accent outside of London. Mm-hmm. Usually, it doesn't travel. But the I imagine it's because it's like ninety minutes to get to from the train from London, which to me is a big trip. But to an American, where they've got a much larger country than ours, they probably thought, "God, what a short hop yeah. over to the beautiful historic city of Bath." Now, it's called Bath, folks, because it's literally that. It was where the Romans went to have a bath. Or a bath. Yeah, or a bath. A bath. In a spa. <laughs> Not a spa. Spa. A spa. Spa. The, yeah, the, the full name of the, the city is Bath Spa. Mm. I just feel like it bath should be spa. Bath. Bath. <laughs> anyway, it was lovely. It was super relaxing. Soft. Super relaxing. The, so, so it's all of a natural spring where all this water bubbles out from. And you look at it and you're like, oh my God, that is some hot water because it's bubbling. It's not bubbling because it's hot. 
Man's not hot. Water wasn't hot. It's just the pollution. Law. No, it's the um, oh, right. it's it's gas. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, it blew so, my mind. <laughs> so you didn't see like any three-eyed fish jumping out of it or anything. No, like no, it wasn't radioactive. No, absolutely not. But you had a nice time there, nonetheless. I had a lovely time. Yeah. Good. I'm very glad to hear that, mate. I ate so much food. Yeah. You know, this is this is it's now become a running joke. We have an anniversary or a romantic thing, me and my lady partner. Mm. We go out for a big meal. We have wine. Oh. oh, you know, it's all getting very romantic. Oh, baby. And then as soon as we get home, Ollie has a big old poo and falls asleep <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> Just, I eat too much food. I don't know my own <laughs> limits. That's what happened again. Yeah. Six years we've been together. That's what we were celebrating. And I'm, I'm in bed fast asleep <laughs> by about five to ten. <laughs> On a Saturday night. I wouldn't go out with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gr- I'm so gross. How was but, your weekend? Oh, mine was lovely, actually. Yeah, I uh, got to hang out with my brother um, after he got back from some of his um, XR-related uh, activities. Is that what the cool kids call Extinction Rebellion? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, if you want to just shorten it and just be like, you know, not have to say the full title. Sounds like a new form of VR. Mm, XR, yeah, mm-hmm. so the, the step or a up. feature on my phone camera. So uh, he was uh, regaling us with tales of his um, Extinction Rebellion uh, adventures. Smashing capitalism. Absolutely, yeah, that does oh, no, 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 well. that was I was saying that positively. I was just saying how smashing capitalism <laughs> is. Great capitalism. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's not really against capitalism. It's more like telling people to, you know, hey... You know, the world's coming to an end. Let, let's do something about it, shall we? Um, and so he was telling us stories of that. So that was really, really nice. We had a lovely curry with him um, and watched, rewatched, and I haven't seen this in years, super bad. That's not what you told me. You said you just went outside and started burning rubber <laughs> and cackled. You said we had such a great hypocritical <laughs> I then went and I bought 10 plastic bottles. Oh, and just threw them in the bin. Yep, with no intention of reusing them. You opened them slightly, took one sip, and then threw it in the bin. Yeah, I got as much as you'd get from one bottle, but I spread it across multiple ones. Oh, yeah, I know. Me angry. And but then, you, you rewatched Superbad. Rewatched Superbad, uh, mm. which is a great film. Very, very funny. Still holds up all these years on. 12 years old, uh, that film is. What a cast. I know, right? So, you know, Jonah Hill, Michael Cera. Emma Stone. Yeah, Emma Stone. An early Emma Stone uh, role for her, I believe, as well. And you had Seth Rogen, Bill Hader, mm-hmm. who was fantastic in It Chapter 2 Yeah, this I guess year. Bill Hader. But Seth Rogen was already a made man. But yeah, Bill Hader was SNL. Yeah, exactly. Um, but oh, it's, it's so much fun. Fun fact about that film, though. Uh, Jonah Hill is only a year younger than Seth Rogen. <laughs> he looks so... So young. I know, despite the roles that they play in that movie where um, ah, so weird. Jonah Hill's a high school kid and Seth Rogen is a grown-up cop man. How old is Jonah Hill when he plays that role? Um, let's see. How old is he now? I think we are actually quite a similar age, me and Jonah Hill. Let me, uh... What, when they when he no, played? No, no, I mean like now. Because he's playing like a 16-year-old. Yes, he, yeah, he is, yeah. So he was probably about, well, 21. Maybe in his mid- That's not too No, I think off. he might be in his mid-20s. Wow. Uh, I'm uh, watching The Politician on Netflix at the moment and they're supposedly all in high school mm-hmm. when those are those are 28-year-old men. He <laughs> was born in 83. Okay, so... So 2007, I would have been um, 22. So he'd have been 25. Oh, yeah, there bang you go. on. Bang on. Um, 
we also so then we uh sorry you were talking about your the show you watched but oh, no no i'm just merely saying well, how everyone is a lot older than the roles they're playing so that has reminded me uh we uh went well we were advertised to go pumpkin picking on sunday with my friends but as it turned out we went to a farm shop and bought some pumpkins and then went back to their house and carved said pumpkins um, was that missold to you or did you just not listen properly? No, no, it was always called pumpkin picking. And actually his wife said, I told you, you should have clarified that we're not actually going pumpkin picking. I guess you are picking pumpkin. Well, that's it. And that, that was kind of his uh, version of it. But you want to see what I carved? Um, Great stuff for an audio format. It this. is indeed. So that was the pumpkin I carved. That's gnarly. That's really, that's really good, actually. Although you can see, caved in ever so slightly. Mm. No. But it looks okay. He's winking. And uh, my wife did an excellent pumpkin as well. So we had a very fun time. Well, I'll take your word for it. He didn't show me a picture of that pumpkin. I actually, I've got a picture of it. <laughs> um, Just Luke's one. Look what I did. <laughs> this is what I did, Mum. And uh, yeah, and then we sat down and we watched some horror movies. We watched the 1983 cinematic classic Sleepaway Camp. Never heard of it. And it's unsurprising. It's a bit of a cult movie from the 1980s. I saw it when I was a teenager. Probably the first time I saw it was when I was about 13, 14. And I was really getting into my horror movies. And it blew my freaking mind. Sleepaway Camp. Yes. Um, what, what's the premise? Well, it's a, you know, kids go to a summer camp. Strange occurrences happen at these summer camps. People keep dying. And it's a whodunit. And then obviously at the end, of it, they're like, and it was this person. Um, so lots of like scenes where people go like, you, what are you doing here? I can't believe you are doing such a thing. Um, it's so cheaply made. Like it was made on such a tiny budget. And actually, it's one of the most profitable films ever made because it was a number one box office hit, but it was made for an incredibly small amount of money. That's the original Mad Max as well. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, the key to the reason why I was bringing it up in connection to your uh, thing, though, is because to get the casting for the movie and to kind of fill out this summer camp and make it look like there's lots of people there. This summer camp apparently is from ages 6 to 36. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are tiny children running around and then adults pretending to be kids yeah. running around. And it's a very jarring thing. I'll tell you one of the lines of dialogue from the movie in terms of like this time it blew your mind. And it was so much fun watching it in a room full of people who've never seen it before and the reactions to them. So there's a moment when uh, these school buses arrive to the camp and the kids all start running out with their backpacks on and everything and start running towards it. And there's this grossly, just gross chef man. And he's standing there and he's just almost like licking his lips. And he's talking about all the young talent that's arrived. Yeah. And then says, where I come from, we call them baldies. Oh, it went. Oh. There was almost like a stunned silence in the room, and we're going like, <gasps> and then like, oh, it was so much fun watching it with you because it's a, it's a gross. I know it's such a gross and disgusting line, but that's uh. you know he's a baddie, so it's fine, I guess. But it's just such a like. It was really like shockingly trying to sort of push boundaries and what stuff. A pedo. And then, <laughs> And there's like, yeah, it's, it is a crazy bonkers movie, but we had so much fun. And then we followed that up with watching the original Invisible Man, uh, the universal classic. Wow. Um, which, man alive, talk about a film that holds up to this day. Mm. It's incredible. I mean, it's my favorite of the universal classics anyway. But those effects are just inspired. They're so good. All of those movies, all of those universal classic horror movies are, are 
astoundingly deep. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're very 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 well made. Yeah. Um, just just before we go on to the main show, it's not the only film anniversary happening today. Twenty years since Fight Club came out today. Is it really? Mm. Wow, a film that so many people have completely misunderstood the point of. Yeah, yeah. A, ter- a film that, um, well, I suppose the book birthed the term snowflake. Was that where it comes from? Yeah, it's from uh, sure. Chuck's original source material. It's right. because you know the bad guy of the movie uh, uses it to uh, describe people who need to be killed. But, you know, there you go. Anyway, so uh, let's crack on with the uh, main portion of this movie, talking about this week's Raw and the draft, but more crucially, WWE scrapped Firefly Funhouse. Here's the show. (sighs) Right, so take us through it, man. Take us through it. So, the main thread of this episode of Raw was Seth Rollins. The, the, the whole show opened with a recap of The Fiend, what happened at Hell in a Cell, that awful finish, and then how The Fiend came up through the canvas during Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns on Friday Night Smackdown and dragged Seth down under the ring and then spewed him back up again. Yeah, because it looked like at the start of Smackdown that WWE had chosen to ignore what had happened at Hell in a Cell and just move on with their lives because Seth came out not selling anything of it at all and just acted like he normally does. And then, yeah, The Fiend showed up at the end. It was like, oh, no, they are still doing that feud, despite the fact that Bray has been drafted to SmackDown. And we found out very early on in this show, Seth has been drafted to Raw. Yes. So that's... uh, That, like, even though it's a really bad idea of just completely ignoring everything that happened at Hell in a Cell, I think it's actually the wisest and best bad idea there is. All the ideas are bad. You screwed that up, that horse has bolted. So let's just try and mitigate the fallout to that, and let's do a soft reset. SmackDown's moved to Fox, there's a draft. Fiend and Rollins can be separated from each other, and we can just try and rebuild everything and get back to where we were. They didn't take that route, like you said. They kept it going on SmackDown, and then they kept it going on Raw as well, because even though they keep saying that the draft is going to create two distinct shows, brands and rosters, I don't know, man. Yeah, because we have got a SmackDown guy going for the current top title on Raw, and we have now got new contenders for the tag team titles that are one member is of Raw and the other is of SmackDown. Yes. I don't don't know what's happening. (laughs) Let's try and make sense of this. So Raw opens with a recap package of Hell in the Cell and SmackDown. And then later on, we get uh, Charlie Caruso interviewing Seth Rollins backstage, who isn't cool. And it, he, even in his home city, this Raw was in his home city. Mixed reaction. Mixed reactions. And that's a warning sign. And when he mentioned Hell in a Cell, you know, how I really, you know, sunk was to Was this my- in his home city? I think, I'm pretty sure. Because he's from Iowa, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was in Denver. Well, they're all near Washington, so (laughs) uh, who knows. And Seth mentions that Hell in a Cell, you know, how I went to my darkest, deepest depths to overcome the fiend. Yeah. The crowd booed so loud. And then you could hear them sort of booing after that because they're like, no, we don't like you. When we don't like what you did, that was stupid. You're not cool. And then he says... I'm going to go fiend hunting. 
I want to talk about making someone sound uncool. He decided he was going to go fiend hunting today, and instantly I was like, he's going to go to the funhouse. He's going to go to the funhouse, which we've always imagined was a sort of make-believe place. It was all in Bray's mind. But no, it is an actual place that apparently is in the building. Yeah, so this was never really brought up again for the whole rest of the show. But we do know that Bray Wyatt is going to have a Firefly Funhouse to address what Seth said. Then midway through there, I think it was announced on social media earlier in the day, but it was just dropped in there, no angle, no big match announcement. There's so much stuff here to set this up, but they were just like, here it is. Seth Rollins will face The Fiend at Crown Jewel Oh yeah, in a Fool's Count Anywhere match for the Universal title. Yeah. That's that's two and a bit weeks away. That's the 31st of October. So even though these two rosters are meant to be distinct now, they're not going to be. It's just like how you, you sometimes, before you've had a paper, I think it was Battleground in the 2016 draft when the split came back into effect, you had about three weeks of awkward feuds that were just being wrapped up. Yeah. But here, you don't have to wrap up those feuds. <laughs> <laughs> but they've still continued to to spread it out over both shows until at least the end of October. Yeah, and we're now in a situation where either the Universal Championship is going to SmackDown or The Fiend is losing definitively this time. Because you can't have a DQ in a Force Count Anywhere match, so you can't have a non-finish there. So They oh, totally can. They totally can. That was the first thing I thought when it happened. Which, another non-finish. Yeah, I think they brawl through the crowd and they just keep on brawling and the referees are like, ding, 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 call the bell. We can't... I probably should have gone with them. We can't get control of the match. I think that's what's happening. Because, yeah, Brock Lesnar has the WWE title. He's on SmackDown. You can't have The Fiend beating Seth Rollins bringing the Universal title there too. Unless, of course, you tell the story that he did win and then Seth is going to SmackDown to get that title back for Raw and get it back for the brand, you know, on this brand split where we're not supposed to have styles on both shows. Look, you can't... Okay, so the, the Fiend could win the Universal title and you've got this really weird landscape of titles across Raw and SmackDown. That can happen. But even if that does happen, which is good because Bray wins... I still don't think it's the right move. It's still going back to there's too much ill will towards Seth and Bray in a storyline together to be able to fix it immediately after. Bray should have just gone on to something else and we should just pretend that Hell in a Cell never happened. And WWE have got a track record of just dropping things and pretending like they never happened. So it's actually quite remarkable that they didn't do it here when they had the option to just drop it and move on. As you say, it's not the best scenario. It's actually, you know, it's not great. In fact, it's a deeply frustrating scenario. Very frustrating. But I almost would have rathered it. And then you can say that, oh, well, Seth wanted to get his hands on The Fiend, but he's now over on SmackDown, and they're not going to see each other again until the next draft, and you try and build some interest. Then you can spend some time rehabbing Seth and rebuilding him back to be the top babyface on the brand that the crowd are now starting to turn against. So you can spend time rebuilding him here, putting him in a feud with an actually hated heel, and try and rebuild him off the back of that, get people back on his side. And instead what they've decided to do is to keep going with this and make Seth even more hated than he was two weeks ago. Yeah, and they did that 
in the the final segment of this show. So the wrestling main event was Natalia and Lacey Evans versus the Kabuki Warriors. I actually quite enjoyed the match. Oh yeah, I mean, but I don't think that's going to keep people's attention. Even even if you were saying Bray Wyatt's going to have a Firefly Funhouse, he's going to have a Firefly Funhouse. That means they obviously know that's a draw. That's something that people stick around and wait to see. And that- remarkably, that match went through two commercial breaks, but they rushed to the ending, and they were just like, and they went cut to the cut to backstage. Yeah. <laughs> Know that you're our friend. So you cut to to Bray in the Firefly Funhouse set. Seth and he's he's sort of saying uh, that the crowd the crowd are booing immediately. By the way, that they're booing the Firefly Funhouse bit. You can hear them off mm. mic because this is the first thing since Helen Cell. They're not hating it though. And Bray says Seth is brave and smart, and but the fiend never forgets. And then Rambling Rabbit pops up and he warns Bray that Seth is coming here. And he looks really angry. And Bray says, don't worry, Rabbit. Everything's fine in the Firefly Funhouse. He protects us and keeps us safe here. And then Seth walks in, beats up Bray, looks at his own picture from the Wall of Friendship. Bray, such like such a good performance. This was the best thing in this whole segment. This one line was absolutely amazing. Yeah, he just starts to he, ask, what, why are you doing this to me? Please stop. And he yeah. never fought back. And Seth beat up uh, Seth beat up Bray. All the while he's doing this, there are sort of those children show sound effects of ah yeah. Aah. But the, and there's like boing, brave boing. voiceover things as well, talking about the fiend. But I, yeah, I just loved Bray standing up and being like, "Why are you attacking me?" Mm. Because in Bray's mind, he didn't beat Seth up at Hell in a Cell. The fiend did that. So Bray doesn't understand why Seth is beating him up for the Fiend's actions. Really just a nice bit of character work. Yeah, unfortunately, it's in a load of larger issues that, that undermine everything. I'm trying to find a positive. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and Seth sort of ends a segment tall, and he's like, well, you know, burn it down. <laughs> so he burns it down, and he, he sets fire to the set, and the show goes off air with the flames and Bray's laughing voice. But thankfully... The crowd reacted to it like a giant baby face moment and uproariously cheered. Oh, no, wait, no, absolutely. They booed the hell out of him doing that because people like the Firefly Funhouse and this dick burned it down. Yeah. It's, it's, t- and like Bray's got to be thinking, I feel like I've done this before because <laughs> this happened, the exact, almost the exact same thing happened yeah. in his feud with Randy Orton when Randy Orton was set to, be- and it was a fantastic storyline, the Viper and the, the family sort of feud. But Randy finally turns on Bray, and you're like, yes, I'm behind Randy as a babyface. Bray is this cult leader heel who needs to be taught a lesson. And the way they did that turn was Randy burnt down Bray's compound, the Wyatt family compound. With the crucifix. And rubbed his sister Abigail's ashes over his body. And you just, you left like, no, you're a dick. Yeah. And that's, that's too far. And that's kind of what happened with Seth Rollins here. And that's the story I believe WWE are trying to tell. I think they think they've they're telling this excellent story of Seth's slow descent into being evil. They've done it a million times with Cena. Like always oh, turning bad, he's turning bad. You tease that heel turn, but really know the baby face comes up from out of the forest, stronger and ready to defeat evil. That's the story they think they're telling. That's totally what that whole Hell in a Cell match was all about, really. That Seth went too far, and now he's gone too far again. But mark my words, and Dave Meltzer said it, this was not a double turn. <laughs> that was not the plan. 
He's going to come out of this and he's going to be, yes, I beat Bray because I believed in myself. That's what I say to that. This was, um, this didn't particularly work. It didn't feel like a big baby face moment. Um, I think Bray has lost all momentum. That magic spark is now more or less gone. He doesn't feel as special as he once did. This has been a catastrophic couple of weeks uh, for this storyline and the company and the company and it's yeah it's a bit of an epic fail we i said it before i you know that is not a cool term anymore it's not what the kids are saying these days but i'm bringing it back this was an epic fail and the like honestly a week and a half ago i would have gone sure AEW's the cool hot promotion i'm really excited about seeing them but man, I'm more excited about The Fiend, you know? Yeah. WWE have got the hottest thing in wrestling. And that's a major misstep in a sort of wrestling war that they found themselves in. So the, just from a baby, a straight-up babyface heel dynamic, this demonstrably hasn't worked because the crowd are booing the babyface, they're booing the angle, and they're even booing the tweener heel in Bray Wyatt, in this thing that was massively over before. But what's what's worse, and what's really gone under my skin here, is, and I, we, we always said it would happen, well, we, we were worried it would happen. This confirms to me that WWE, the powers that be at least, I'm sure Bray certainly does, and a lot of the writing team, but the people who make the real decisions and sign off on stuff do not understand Bray Wyatt's new character. Absolutely not. All of those original Firefly Funhouse things, clearly produced by Bray, clearly produced by Bray and a small team of people. It's the um, it's the Woken Hardy thing, uh, or a Broken Hardy thing, but that was done by Matt and Jeremy Borash and a few other people. It wasn't done by Impact. It was done by the wrestler and some close friends. That All the original Firefly Funhouse stuff was clearly done by Bray. The inception of the character through to the birth of the character was all Bray's idea. And now it's in the hands of the creator, not the not the creator of the character, but the overall creator of the company to be like, aha, pal, I know what to do with this. You're a monster for Seth to beat. I don't think I, that's that's problematic and, and definitely a part of the issue. I But I think it's more. Oh, so you're a supernatural character. Well, yeah, that's what. Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean. It's like he just sees you not as a complex character. You are a monster for a baby face to beat. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we're we're kind of saying different things though. That I think to to me the brilliance of Bray Wyatt's character is the Firefly Funhouse. I can explain away as it is a real thing, and Bray's just lost his mind, and he is a reality based horror film tormentor. Yeah. But, oh, there is a little bit in there that's making me think maybe this is all in Bray's mind. Maybe the Fiend really is this demonic force, but it can also all be totally explained in reality. So you've got that nuance there, that vagueness that allows you to go, yeah, it's not, it's not Undertaker. It's not like this completely fantastical gimmick where lightning strikes the, the ring posts or you get cockroach projections You can exp- or or tractors drive themselves across shots in a house of horrors match you can explain it away as no you are just like his first gimmick the cult leader but then when you get into sort of like when seth walked into that set you strip away that nuance because now you're like oh no it totally is a physical set 
Whereas before you could sort, you could imagine more than that, that it is part of just Bray's fractured mind. But then when Seth starts to beat up Bray and you've still got the sound effects going and you've still got his voice laughing over that end flame shot, I'm like, what is reality here? Yeah, you're, yeah. you're now telling me that this is reality when before I could believe it was a pre-produced scare tactic thing from Wyatt. But now you're telling me it's not. So it is supernatural. Yeah. So that, yeah, it's it's just it, and that's when it veers into Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, seeing him in the mirror. I was stuff. about to say the same thing. Yeah. And it just it completely look the 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 worst thing you can do in wrestling is is not believe in it because then everything unravels and that's what they've done here. They've made me just it's not consistent. I hated it. And this is this is the worst thing they could have done to Bray. Or well, no, no. Hell in the Cell finish was. But, like, they followed it up with an, another epic, not as spectacular, but another epic fail. There you go. We're bringing it back. Ugh. It didn't work, folks. Yeah. So I've, uh, I think, Firefly Fun House of Horrors match. Oh, God, I did not. That is gross and disgusting. That gave me a visceral reaction, like when someone first suggested that he's going to call himself Fiend Slayer. And I got worried when he started saying he's going fiend hunting. Oh, that makes me feel a bit queasy. It's horrible, isn't it? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, well, let's see what you guys thought with the su- 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 super chats. Thanks to 
Lady Lou. I called her Lady Sue earlier. I don't know why that. But the mod mother. The mod mother. Compiling these. So on the main topic of Seth and The Fiend, Tim Arndt says, The Fiend is a SmackDown superstar and is fighting for a Raw title at Crown Jewel. Oh, yeah. WWE have somehow booked themselves into a tighter corner than Hell in a Cell. Well, that or it's just the brand split is not... It's still brand split, LOL. It's still that, yeah, they are... On different brands, but actually, no, we're all on the same brand. It doesn't. We're at the brand WWE, and we're just going to be across all shows because not only did is SmackDown guy Bray Wyatt going for Raw's top title. Uh, one of SmackDown's big matches at the moment, Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman, was promoted here on Raw with Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman as if he'd never been drafted to SmackDown, and it was just this is what we do here. And also, Rey Mysterio is Cain Velasquez's manager, really. His mouthpiece for the Brock Lesnar feud on SmackDown. Rey was drafted to Raw. The 24-7 title is across all the brands anyway. The women's title, across both brands anyway. They did explain that one, though. They did say that currently they're across both brands, but when they lose those titles, they will be exclusive to Raw. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you will get... Oh, yeah, uh, you're still getting crossover. Well, as we said, like Lacey and Natalia apparently (laughs) formed a, a partnership. They're on different brands. Rex Joseph Calmarin, did WWE think that face Seth Rollins burning the funhouse, the best segment in recent times, would get him cheers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because it's they think that Seth did a cool, badass, babyface thing. He burnt down the bad guy's mm. place and stood tall at the end of it. See, I don't, I he, don't think they... He, well, I think he, they think, to me personally... I personally think they think he is ridding the world of evil and that makes him a good guy in the same way that Roman beating a giant and a, a you know a, a foreigner in the Royal Rumble makes him a makes him a hero. I think they think <laughs> I think they think they think I think that Seth Seth is slowly descending into darkness and that that's why he's become such a tortured character although like then he doesn't sell that in interviews at all <laughs> well, that, that's what that's why i don't think yeah, it yeah. is that storyline that's why i'm not buying into that as an argument when people kept saying oh the hell in the finish makes perfect sense because seth has descended into madness i i don't believe so because he wasn't like that on smackdown he did an interview with charlie caruso where he seemed fine mm-hmm. i don't think there's a descent into madness whatsoever mm. uh, i think he should have just burnt down uh, a moment of bliss. <laughs> that would have made... But immediate, but he is cool yeah. if he does that. Mr. All-Star, WWE burnt it down. All of my interest in this company has become nothing but dust and ashes. Hashtag don't book the match. Hashtag don't like the match. Support WrestleTalk. Well, thank you for supporting WrestleTalk. Oblivious Carrie. Why does the show keep ending with Bray laughing? It's actually Vince laughing? <laughs> oh, yeah. At the booking? And all yeah, these marks. That's going to say that's the thing that winds me up the most. Actually, is those reports that Vince finds the whole thing funny, finds us booing this hilarious. Uh, Sean Turner, WWE pulled the trigger too soon and also shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Bray will never recover. Seth will still be a face. Get booed and blame the fans. Or WWE or you know Triple H in particular will do the old. No, he is a heel. If you're booing him, he's def- he's a heel to you. Whereas we think he's a babyface. What they did for Roman is what they did for Cena. Sparks. WWE just should just drop the Seth storyline because what the hell happens now? Fiend beats Seth for the title, and then what? Fiend versus Velasquez or Lesnar at Survivor Series? I see another Helena Cell disaster if that's the case. 
I think you might be right. I think they're going to do another no contest. Yeah, just brawl through the Saudi crowd. Don't Saudi you. crowd won't boo. They don't like don't the live event crowd. Won't really care. Won't really care. Um, yeah, that way you get to because it's the same thing that happened at Hell in a Cell. Don't want to take the title off of Seth. Don't want to beat Bray. We'll just do a no contest. Metal Bear, I don't know what they're doing with Bray. Seth is starting to remind me of Spinner Belt Cena. <gasps> Spinner Belt era Cena. That's such a good comparison. He's Spinner Belt era Cena. That's an incredible comparison. In a I'm still mad they had him squash the Nexus kind of way. Yeah. I I said, like, after Hell in a Cell, I said, I think this is the biggest creative misstep by this company since Cena buried the Nexus at SummerSlam 2010. Yeah. And buried... No, he did bury. <laughs> yeah, he did bury. Them. They, they, they were, they were done so after that. Essentially, yeah. Steve Ortiz. That ending to Raw last night was the best advertisement for <laughs> AEW release thus far. We've had many versions of that off of the back of different creative yeah. decisions from WWE. Canelli improbably. Good effort. People said we disliked Reigns because he's not an indie guy. Now we dislike Seth. What's the excuse? <laughs> we never dislike the guys. We dislike the creative. That's what we've always said. I mean, I, but I said the problem with uh, Roman was never his in-ring work. It was the creative that he was given and the terrible promos and the pants storylines they kept putting him in. Yeah. Uh, just do a few more. Zachary Jenkins. How much weed is WWE creative smoking? Not enough. I th- <laughs> Got that before me. Will Adams, Luke Owen's number one fan. Cheers, Will. Rollins burns down the funhouse. Control-C. Do you want to do it? Control-C. Control-V. Aha! And uh, finally for now, Venom Kitetsu, Fiend Fiend wins at Crown Jewel, I think they mean to say, and makes the draft pointless, or Fiend loses and loses more momentum for the character. Doubt Fox want to lose that draw. Yeah, well, or... uh, it's all right. They celebrate. They got the Miz. They were uh, they were absolutely uh, they were so pleased with themselves that they got the Miz. They were having an eighties uber rich style party with a robot. <laughs> in their room. I would almost guarantee they're the exact same shots used from SmackDown. They just did <laughs> an afternoon's worth of filming, film various different reactions, and we'll just use those same clips. Yeah. After Raw and that fiend recap package we got becky lynch coming out who is the overall number one pick we haven't spoken about smackdown but that's that's pretty cool yeah i mean she was the number one overall pick because rollins and lesnar were unavailable to draft Mm. she was the overall number one pick for that night but still gotta spin that pr absolutely and it's a very good way of spinning that pr it's it falls apart as soon as you look as soon as you break it down but it's cool for her to as a character to be to say you know, I'm the number one overall draft pick. Mm. Good for her. And she, yeah, I, I couldn't remember what brand she was on before, actually. She was, I think um, she was also Raw. She was Raw because she was SmackDown and then jumped to Raw before Mania. And then when she lost the SmackDown title, she just became the Raw Women's Champion. And Yeah, I think so. I don't know. So WWE were advertising Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks right up until the start of this show. With the the winner getting the first pick or whatever, just like they didn't do with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns on SmackDown. But Sasha Banks was never really going to wrestle because she was injured at Hell in a Cell. Are you telling me that this company advertised something they knew full well they were never going to do? Mm. I'm shook. 
Yeah, so uh, Becky spins that and says, well, the reason she's not here is because I beat her up so much. Out comes Charlotte Flair because, Jeez. of course, she does. They're I'm, on the same brand, Luke. Oh, do you know what? Oh, I don't know. It was, I've got in my notes here because someone says that, it was probably Rick Joseph said, oh, um, Flair could be drafted to Raw and then these two will fight forever. And I've written here in my notes, God, I hope not. Yeah, well, she, she was. <laughs> she she was. was. Spoilers, she was. Um but yeah, when Lynch said it's not going to be Sasha Banks, I thought to myself, what an opportunity to push someone. What an opportunity to possibly create a new star out of this. But boy, was I wrong. Boy, was I ever wrong. Uh, but Charlotte comes down. She's a face for a bit. Then she's a heel. She's a heel now. She's a heel now. She said, let's be friends, Becky, but then just used it to punch her in the face. It's a bit of a rush promo, not one of Charlotte's best. But it did turn into a very good TV match. Very good. They went back and forth. And I'm not kidding, had about five minutes of really good near falls at the end. Well, these two have always had like really yeah. good matches together. We saw them. I mean, I say we've seen them. We've seen them for the last two years, it would seem, that we've been doing this match ad nauseum. Mm. But it is always good. Yeah, there is like... The, Just the, ready for something new. That feels like a, a tangible tension between them, just because they've got so much history together. But then, which for me, ev- signifies even more split them up. Keep them apart from each other for a couple of years. Then when you bring them back, you're like, oh, let's relive this classic rivalry that we had two years ago, as opposed to let's just keep doing this feud. Becky's only feuded with Charlotte since she won the belt, more or less. Apart from Lacey Evans for a bit, she's always... Which which was pretty much also Charlotte. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Charlotte, the, the other Charlotte. She's just been feuding with Charlotte since SummerSlam last year. So it's 18 months these two have been feuding. I'm ready for it to end. To WWE's credit, though, they had a cleanish finish. Well, it was totally clean, actually. Yeah, Charlotte freaked out. She lost herself, and Becky rolled her up. It was a really nice finish. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a nice finish. I laughed a bit because it came... So Charlotte spears Becky. I love Charlotte's spear. It's really good. I really like it. So she spears Becky, and near fall, Becky kicks out, and then Charlotte just sits there like, what else do I have to do? And I'm thinking... When have you ever won with a spear? <laughs> also, the figure eight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe do a finisher right now. Uh, but be- that's when Becky rolls her up for the win. So that, that good opening overall, actually. Yeah. A, a lot of issues outside of it. But as just if you just switch your mind off from every element of consistency and substance, it's good. Yeah. It's a good bit. Uh, then they run through the draft rules, which are... It, it feels like a lethal lockdown explanation. <laughs> uh, we've just reviewed uh, Bound for Glory 2010 for our Patreon backers. It should be up this coming <laughs> Friday, um, which is why it ends uh, lethal lockdown references. Um, we haven't, yeah, we're supposed to be haven't talked about Friday at all and WWE releasing who's available for draft <laughs> on that episode, but accidentally put them in the order that they were set to be drafted in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Uh... That's a stupid thing to do. <laughs> apparently, it's just a mistake. And mistakes happen. And mistakes do happen. Yeah, they said apparently that that list was sent over, and they said, "Now put that up on the website in alphabetical order." But nobody did that. No. Uh, and it was and it was the order. But what one of the the things off the back of that is. What were you, oh, I thought you were oh, no, going For a second, I thought you were going to. I was going to say like, why was Titus O'Neil so high on the SmackDown <laughs> one? Because he was like third on the list. I'm like, why is Titus so high? Apparently, he was going to be drafted really early on on this episode. But anyway, the USA Network are utter buffoons. They are blithering idiots in kayfabe. In kayfabe, and probably mm, elsewhere. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but either way, they're blithering idiots because they had the option to draft Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss as a tag team. 
but opted to trade them individually and wasted a whole pick. Yeah, so they used two picks on Cross and Alexa separately when they could have just got them as one because WWE wanted to swerve people about the leaked list that they leaked. And I had so many people argue with me over the weekend. Alexa Chris and Nikki Brosson, uh, sorry, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are not a tag team. Mm. They had to be drafted individually. I'm like, what the hell is this last year been about then? Also, they're listed as a tag team on WWE's official rules. So they are a tag team. And Alexa Bliss said, well, I'm really happy that my tag team partner <laughs> has also been drafted to Raw. Yeah, but apparently I'm the blithering idiot because I didn't see that. Uh, then we get the Charlie Caruso interview backstage with Seth Rollins, something about a bank balance. Then we get a recap of Smack the SmackDown draft picks. And then what I, what I did like is how WWE peppered more mainstream sports shows into the episode as if they're not contributing but sort of giving their opinion on the draft. They're giving sports a- analysis of these draft picks and kind of taking it very seriously. I thought it was really, really nice to had some folks from the NFL live and some hockey thing in Premier League. And it's really, really nice, actually. I thought it was a, a smart use of sort of the talent that's under USA and Fox um, contracts. Yeah, I thought it made it look big time. I totally agree. Completely undermined by that robot. <laughs> so, well, I thought it was completely undermined by them showing... Because um, they had Jim Cramer at first, who was in uh, the first Iron Man movie. That's what I know him from. And um, he talks about dra- uh, possibly drafting Ricochet, who'd already been drafted. So it's undermined slightly by them airing things after things have already happened. Uh, so, yeah, but, but what was the robot thing? Is he a fox... He might be a fox um, uh, mascot. That's what I'm going to assume. He's a fox right. mascot. I would have maybe, maybe from sports. I would have would have stopped that from happening. I quite I liked it. I did not like it at all. So the draft is actually quite a fun, exciting concept. But particularly back in the day, it was it was a really big thing to look forward to, and that they'd play it off with all the boys in the back and that live feed, and then people shouting back and forth and and sort of the political maneuverings on I'm going to get this person or that person. And they would never tell the talent. And apparently they did it again this year, not telling talent where they're going to end up. And they find out on the night which brand they're going to. Which is which is just stupid. Do you, because... remember, do you remember they did it to JR? No. So oh, J- yeah, yeah. JR was commentating for Raw and then they didn't tell him because they weren't telling anyone. They were going to draft him to SmackDown and draft Michael Cole to Raw. Mm. And they cut to JR's face who looked like he wanted to murder someone because he was working Monday night. He did not want to be working Tuesdays and he was very, very unhappy. Yeah, Uh, but uh, we didn't get any of that here. We just got Stephanie McMahon coming out and reading names off a podium. Well, she's the star. But it's not even about who's the star or not. It's about all the storyline. And they did the same thing this year and last year. It's all the storyline potential that you can have around people vying and jockeying and allegiances and back trades. But, but to who? Like, the one thing I will say about this year, I liked that it was a war between USA and Fox because they don't have GMs anymore because we got rid of all the authority figures. Although are now USA and Fox the authority figures? By the way... The robot is. <laughs> I, I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. Um, 
But it, I, I thought it was really nice for giving us a kayfabe reason as to who is picking who. And having the reactions from Fox and USA being like, oh, yes, we got that person. Or, ah, oh, shucks, we didn't get that person. We had them as our next draft pick. I thought it was actually really right. It's the best they've done it since the original, let's say the original, the 2016 draft when they had Stephanie and Mick Foley and Shane and Daniel Bryan on stage making picks. I I I thought it came off as goofy. I'm glad you got a kick out of it. I, I I thought this was a complete waste of time and really a really really tedious and boring visual execution of that concept. Oh yeah, I mean I wasn't saying it was visually interesting, but at least they gave me a kayfabe reason. Yeah. All I'm after is logic, and they gave me a logical reason. So Stephanie announced here that Raw got Seth Rollins. Brock Lesnar goes to SmackDown. The USA is stupid. Then you got first pick, and you didn't pick Lesnar. Well, he wasn't in the pool, was he? Well, he was. He was that's why SmackDown got to draft him. Oh, yeah. Him. Got, well, Seth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's pick the guy that everyone's booing at the moment and not pick the legit sports athlete background of, of uh, Brock Lesnar. Charlotte to Raw, New Day to SmackDown, Raw gets Andrade and Zelina Vega. So it's like, there's nothing shocking here. The Fiend going to SmackDown on Friday, That I'd say that was a genuinely a genuine surprise. Everything else on this show, apart from Eric Rowan going to Raw, sans Luke Harper, mm. well, he's not important. Was just was was t- totally uninspiring. It's mostly where they were previously. Um, yeah, and I mean, tell you what, sucks for Bailey. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion, and she was drafted so late in this show for someone who was meant to have an important title. Mm. I thought she would. I thought she would treat like an absolute chump. Yeah. Uh, so it th- throws over th- another nice bit they did was Renee Young had that draft panel, which they do for the sort of pay per view pre shows. Samoa Joe was there with a cast on his arm, Booker T, Beth Phoenix. And they sort of gave their thoughts on everything. It was, it was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, and then we got the 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 pick just then, Andrade. Facing off against SmackDown's Ali. Yes, brand, brand split, LOL. Mm-hmm. Well, Ali wasn't drafted at this point. Right, he was drafted later. Yeah. And it's nice to see Andrade as a top five pick. Uh, it's that, that whole group of, you know, Andrade's going out with Charlotte, they're engaged, aren't they? I don't know. Well, they're, they're in a relationship, seriously. And Zelina Vega's married to Alistair Black. So wherever one of them goes, the, the whole group follows. Yeah. So you can kind of figure out what's happening later but um andrade on raw is is an exciting prospect and although sorry i'm gonna sneeze bless you (laughs) this was actually a draft that we got earlier in the year because remember andrade got moved to raw in the superstar shake-up and he beat intercontinental champion finn balor to set up an ic program and then they just moved him back to SmackDown one week later because they changed their minds. Oh, no, it's because because, they, because Charlotte was on, on SmackDown. Yeah, they yeah. forgot that everyone was going out with each other. Yeah. Uh, so what's this? This was a crap episode of Raw. I thought that the wrestling was quite good, but overall, the the, the draft was boring and the Bray stuff was unforgivable. I thought it was yeah a boring episode of Raw is where I would go. However, the Raw roster now under the guidance of Paul Heyman. Really, really exciting. This is what we said. Like you put, you take all the sort of like big names that have been overbearing on Raw recently. You put them over onto SmackDown, onto Fox, and that allows Raw now to try and I don't know create some new stars because you've got Alistair Black, Andrade, Buddy Murphy, all these people that we've been calling out to get pushes and get featured on TV. 
Now that all of the big guys and all the big names have been moved over, that, sorry, that gives them a chance to really make a name for themselves on Raw. Yeah, Street Profits. Street Profits. The yeah. OC. Yeah. Ricochet. I'm, I'm really excited. I thought this, Eric Young. This episode was rubbish, but I'm genuinely excited for next week's Raw. Yeah. Just because I want to see what Paul Heyman does with these guys. And, you know, some will be Bobby Lashley feeling up their wives. But others will be really, really good because he he knows how to get young talent over, uh, and then they can all lose to SmackDown stars at Survivor Series. <laughs> so yeah, Andrade uh, beat Ali here with some Zelina Vega interference. Yes, I've yes. got very. Little. <laughs> yeah, I've got little to add. Uh, then some more draft picks. Raw get Kabuki Warriors. Daniel Bryan to SmackDown. Vic Joseph says that's a huge loss for Raw. He's already on SmackDown. I know. <laughs> I was just like, what? That, that you're just reading out last week's roster list <laughs> and expecting me to be excited. Raw gets Rusev. SmackDown gets Bailey. Raw gets Alistair Black. Uh, My favourite thing about some of this, though, sorry, is that they give you facts about each person that gets drafted. And for some people, like really pushed talents, there's lots of stats about them. And then for someone like Alistair Black, there is just finisher move, Black Mass, NXT champion. Whereas Moody. Like... <laughs> and then later on, when Elias gets drafted, it just says Elias. And there's no facts <laughs> about him whatsoever. Not even 24-7 champion. There's nothing yeah. written about him. Uh, Elias. Elise Al was, used to be a police officer. Yeah. <laughs> Used to do something that mattered. Um, then we got uh, a Saturday Night Live correspondent desk thing with Colin Jost and Michael Che. Yeah. I felt like um, Bill Nighy <sighs> from um, uh, Love Actually. You know when he's on the uh, that show with Anton Deck and he's like, that's right, Antor Deck. <laughs> uh, that's how I was because I've, all my notes written here is like, uh, Shea or Jost make jokes about Shay or Jost and then Shay or Jost make fun of that. Yeah. I, I don't know which one's which. It was... I think I'm pretty sure Just is the white guy and Shay's the black guy and Just was feuding with Strowman. They were both feuding with Strowman. No, one of them, uh, Just, if I'm getting that correct, was genuinely feuding with Strowman while the other one was egging it on. Okay. Uh, so next up we got actually a really, really fun tag mm. match. Yeah, really good. Uh, I mean, it means nothing. But again, this is about... Clean the we're cleaning the slate. It's a really grubby, dirty slate, and we're starting afresh. And this was a step towards that. They finally got the Viking Raiders over. Crowd were into the Viking Raiders. Took a while, uh, but they did get there. Yeah, you know, I, just, I I was thinking about this this morning because the first five ten minutes of this match, the crowd were mostly silent. But because the Viking Raiders are genuinely very good. And their offense is amazing. Oh, their yeah. moveset's so great. And Rude and Ziggler are also incredibly good workers. And it was for a title. Everyone got into it. And I was thinking at the start, why aren't the Viking Raiders more over? The squash match route didn't work. The actual feud didn't work. Granted, they only faced the OC, but who cares? And I thought, you know, you used to say that the Viking experience name wouldn't harm them at all. <laughs> It's all about how good they are in the ring. Yeah. I, okay, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong on that. I think you and every WWE Hall of Famer who was also on your side mm. actually misjudged that one. Maybe I, I did, I, I yeah. think the Viking experience name significantly derailed their debut. I genuinely thought they're so good, they will get over in spite of the name. But you're absolutely right. They didn't get over with the name. 
I, and I, I think that's that's a lesson to be learned. Names do don't, matter. Don't buy into what I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that as well. I mean, we knew that. Uh, so this was this was. I mean, this was a Paul Heyman match. Started off with big moves. I mean, they had the match won right away. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had like 10 minutes more of big moves. Yeah. And then the last was big move of big move mania. Do you know what? I love, and I think this is their finish. I'm not sure they've ever used it on TV or maybe I've missed it. But um, Rude and Ziggler's double team finish of doing the spine buster with the zigzag mm. is great. That's yeah. a really cool finish. I'm pretty sure I have seen them do that before, but it is, it is really it's good. wicked, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they lost in the end. Uh, the Viking Raiders got over to a massive pop in the end because yeah. they sucked people in because they're very, very good or inspiring wrestlers. Great big guys. And yet they are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. I say this on the Patreon podcast um, that we just recorded yesterday and today, but I'm, I just want to get out on record here. Uh, I think that the WWE um, Tag Team title design <laughs> is the worst tag... Uh, is the worst title design in wrestling history mm. it's the ugliest thing i've ever seen uh spoiler rude and ziggler are going to smack down hopefully they get broken up i don't think like this whole rude ziggler experiment has been a complete waste especially because it should be gallows and anderson well they had to get the belts off them somehow <sighs> <laughs> like this is the three-week the, push was over this it, it seeing them give the belts to viking experience or raiders sorry which i think is the right move here even though it, you know, it is really too early and they, who, the tag division's mess. But the tag division could mean something if Gallows and Anderson had those belts as as an all-powerful OC faction. Oh, yeah. So they're the real losers here in all of this. Uh, AOP didn't get drafted either, despite all the hype they've been doing for them on TV. Apparently neither Fox nor USA wanted them. They weren't in the pools. They were in the pool. Were they? Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I hope they go to Raw, because that tag division really excites me. Street Profits, Gallows and Anderson, Viking Raiders, and AOP. AOP. I think that sounds really good. Uh, and B-Team. Are they gone? Have they been drafted? They were drafted on the website were on they? Sunday. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Uh, and then uh, Eric and Ivar of the Viking Raiders cut a really cool promo, just like last week. Such a Paul Heyman promo, this. Yeah. Well, an NXT promo as well, with the, the red lighting behind them. I, I really liked it. Good presentation. It, it, it was the actual content, I would say, is so Paul Heyman, in which they said they're the first team to win the IWGP, Ring of Honor, NXT, and WWE Tag Team Championships. There's the reason why that's such a Paul Heyman thing to do, because it's to pop people for mentioning Ring of Honor on WWE TV. Certainly popped me. Hey, it works. And uh, do you know what? He's not yeah. wrong because it does work. When CM Punk did it in his infamous pipe bomb promo, I'm like, oh my God, he said Ring of Honor on WWE TV. It didn't say... Well, it, it's also a way to sort of like, here are the other companies. There's no AEW. <laughs> uh, then we got a few more draft picks. Cedric Alexander to Raw. So he's a Paul Heyman guy. Hopefully Vince won't cut his legs out from underneath him again. Shinsuke Nakamura to SmackDown. The Intercontinental Champion solo down the list of priorities, apparently. With Sami Zayn. He was on the graphic. Well, Sami tweeted that he had brokered a deal where wherever Nakamura gets drafted, he goes with him. So Zayn was trying to do some um, some background work some for this. On him. Yeah. Uh, Humberto Carrillo to Raw. Carrillo. Carrillo. Humberto Carrillo drafted uh, to Raw. So uh, this surely is signaling signaling the end of 205 Live because we're now just drafting stars from them um, and just gutting out that entire division. Also, Mike Kanellis is apparently on the outs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ali to SmackDown, we said that before. And then, quite shockingly, Rowan to Raw. That was the only 
trade of note on mm. this episode because he's been he felt like quite a big presence on SmackDown. I can't see him Heyman really using him the same way. Well, I mean, here here's what you got to look at it is that once Seth beats the Fiend, he's got to have another monster to overcome, and what better monster is there than the big redwood, Eric Rowan? Oh god. So we can give him six stomps so we can get back up and finish him with a pedigree. And that's what our main event of TLC can be. Uh, What's interesting there, though, is that despite them most definitely being a team, Luke Harper was not on this graphic and he wasn't mentioned at all. This comes just a day or two after Luke Harper (laughs) updated his Twitter bio. Trying to get fired. Trying to get fired, pretty much. In fairness... They were not listed as a tag team in uh, on WWE's.com's official rules. They were listed as separate draft picks. Yes. Uh, then we got uh, an, another really exciting draft pick. We've already mentioned him. Alistair Black taking on Eric Young. Apparently, Paul Heyman loves Alistair Black. And hopefully this will see an actual storyline on the main roster for him. Hey, man, stranger things have happened, I guess. I honestly, I wrote down at first, Alistair Black versus Jobber, because I did not recognize the other person in the ring. And it was only until halfway through this very, very short match, I was like, oh, it's Eric Young. Mm, That's depressing. Uh, Black was really cool as usual, and he taps out Young with his dark ritual finisher. They've given it a name that sort of behind-the-back chokehold. Dark ritual. Yeah. Which is which is cool. I like it. I'd like a great I like, the, I, like the, I like the submission. Yeah, I'd like them to knock him down and him wrap the legs around them as well to make it more of a, a brutal thing. But Hey man, you advertised that his finisher is the black mass in the graphic earlier. Why are we doing new moves now? Well that's it. It's such an <laughs> over cool looking move, like you said last week. He should win with the black mass. I agree now. Uh then we get some more draft picks. Buddy Murphy to Raw. Yes. Obviously a Heyman move. Ziggler and Rude to SmackDown. Jinder Mahal to Raw. Oh, well, you've got to pick out the big guns, haven't you? Like Jinder Mahal. He's back, baby. Carmella to SmackDown because Corey Graves is a commentator there. And Oh, yeah. I didn't think about out. that. Yeah. Uh, R-Truth to Raw. <gasps> They've split up Truth and Mella. So the 24-7 title was a USA Network demand. Which is not a demand, but sort of an idea yeah, came yeah. up by them. So, yeah. But, I mean, let's be honest. He's going to be cross-brands anyway. So, what's the point of... And the War Room celebrates. Like, this is the <laughs> biggest coup in history. Oh, yeah. They got the 24-7 championship. Uh, then we get the Street Profits having a, their usual promo backstage. And potentially a first feud. Well, this is their first feud mm. now, man. They are feuding with the OC. That's big. That is big. I'm really happy about that as well, yeah. man. Really, really happy for them. Because the OC walk in and AJ's like, hey, man, congratulations. You've carved out a really good niche. And he's sort of bigging them up, but he's also totally negging them at the <laughs> yeah. same time. It's a masterful promo by AJ. AJ's like, yeah, I for what, I don't know why USA picked you. <laughs> but, you know, obviously really good. Yeah. Uh, and then they turn round. Street Profits look annoyed. And then the OC attack the Street Profits. Um, and yeah, so that, there we got a feud. And later on, the Street Profits are like, something about smoke. Well, they want the smoke, but they also said, we need to find a mystery. We're going to need to find a partner to join us in a six-man. They're like, should we say who it is? No, no, we need to M. Night Shyamalan this and hmm. keep it a mystery. So that will be next week. Yeah. Uh, but it's got to be like a returning star. Do you want to hear my guess? John Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that could happen. I think with all those rumours that he has signed, mm. um, 
yeah, I can imagine them bringing out as a surprise uh, appearance, John Morrison, and then you can have AJ and Morrison feud over the title. Can you explain smoke to me? What, what, how, how does, what, okay, what well, does that mean? So various people have explained this. Someone told us that it means they want fight. Uh, so they want the fight. So they want the action. They right. want the smoke. Yeah. Then someone said that uh, it means a bad thing. Like it, so it still does sort of mean fight and it sort of means like trouble. So usually you don't want the smoke because you want to be staying away from trouble. But they want the but trouble. But they want the trouble. So they want the smoke. I believe that's what it is. But I'm also the man that was using Epic Fail, and I've used it now two weeks in a row. This has been the debut instalment of White Guys Talk Slang. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Pete said to me on a Friday show, which I know you didn't see because you don't watch anything you're not on. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we were talking about appointment television. And I said, the only shows I watch throughout the year are MasterChef, Taskmaster, um, The Apprentice, and Bake Off. And he just looked at me and was like, you're so white. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. What does Pete watch then? <laughs> Pokemon and Steven Universe. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we got Ricochet versus Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin's also on Raw. Well, uh, we he, gets drafted. Later. Yeah, he gets drafted later on. Yeah. Uh, Ricochet. I mean, like, I'm excited that Heyman's in charge of Ricochet now. But he, like, it's part of, you know, really exciting roster of Buddy Murphy and, and Andrade and Alistair Black. Ricochet, that's really cool. But he's still got this goddamn... I will believe. I will make you believe superheroes are real. Such a Vinceism. Oh, and that, and that is what we've got to remember from all of this. Yes, Paul Heyman is a creative guy on Raw, but it is still Vince with the final say, and so Vince could easily just take control of it. Someone emailed in on the Friday show. It's one of our Patreons um, who said that, like, hey, when the XFL comes around, there'll be no Vince. And I go, there will be. Because Vince hasn't been at TV a lot this year, but he's always on the phone. He's, he is still running the show. He's just not running it from guerrilla position. Yeah. So even when the XFL starts, Vince will still be running the shows. He will run the shows until the day he dies. He was probably producing the commentary as well because it was awful for this match. <laughs> Every freaking move. He's like a superhero. It's Spider. They said he's like Spider-Man with the exact same delivery twice. I would say that is, well, I mean, you know, probably producing, but Dio Madden is the one who set this up because he asked Jerry Lawler, you're a comic book fan, what comic book character is Ricochet? And he paused, freaked out for a moment, and went, ah, Spider-Man. And then later on when um, Sean Benjamin did a move, he's like, oh, he just, like, doc-ocked him. I'm like, did he? <laughs> I, yeah, the commentary was bad, but Ricochet's good. Sean Benjamin's fun. He's like, this is what he should be used for, really. Hey, man, he's a featured draft pick. Yeah. Uh, then we get a Fury and Strowman recap. They're going to contract signing tonight. That was... Um, so the uh, Crown Jewel thing that they did um, last Friday was on BBC Breakfast. Wow, that's so weird. Because me and my brother were watching... On Sunday morning, uh, we're watching BBC Breakfast. And they recapped it. And it was like... It's such an awkward thing. I don't know if you've seen the, the interaction that they have where they do the pose mm, and then be yeah. like, ha, 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 weird. Oh, no, but we are. We are uh, rivals. And then Triple H comes out. And my brother was like laughing while watching this. And he was like, oh, man, it's like your worlds are colliding. It's like, this is like what sort of thing that you cover. And I was like, no, no, this, this literally is the thing that I cover. Yeah. And then they were talking about it a bit more. And then they said, yeah, so they're going to be having a, a WWE match. And he was like, Oh, wait, really? No, it is the thing that you cover. I was like, oh, no, yeah, that, that, that is my job to, to talk about this thing. And he was like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it, was on, it was on BBC Breakfast, and BBC Sport covered it, and this is why Tyson Fury is there. Yeah. Uh, then we got the bad side of Paul Heyman. Doesn't <laughs> oh. he, 
Doesn't need Vince McMahon to ruin <laughs> oh, this part. Forgot for him. about this. Have you got my notes up on your side. I have not. Bit? No, I've only got my own notes. All oh, right, because my look at that zero battery. Uh oh, mate. Uh, but uh, hopefully my laptop doesn't die. I'm gonna turn the brightness down. <laughs> um, yeah. So Lana is getting a massage at a spa with a towel over her, and the masseuse, the female masseuse, says, "Would you like to go deeper?" And Lana says. Yes, I like it deeper. So first off, she said, I like it harder. And then she said, yes, I like it deeper. And then the masseuse walked off and in walked Bobby Lashley and started touching her up underneath the towel. Yep. Implied, of course. And Lana's like, oh, oh, Bobby. Rusev was never this good. Yes. And uh, that's it. Then the segment ends. Well, she's like, now you can do my front. And so so he lifts up the towel and she sort of moves around and he looks at the camera with the same smile that he had when addressing his sisters. Mm -hmm. And um, he seemed very pleased with himself. Yeah. So I thought, well, okay, whatever. This is a storyline that'll get him some good clicks with a thumbnail on YouTube. They haven't uploaded that as a No video. way. I th- it's, you know the Alexa Bliss topless thing? You're like, oh, I see what you've done it for a, a YouTube thumbnail. I would have thought this has got YouTube thumbnail written all over it. No, it's just Paul Heyman's private wank bank. <laughs> uh, then we get the Fury and Strowman contract signing. Uh, Jerry Lawler is officiating proceedings. He says some totally nonsense WWE speak. Yep. I'm He's... just going to text uh, the office to go and bring your charger. Oh, thank you. Oh, no, Sorry. so... Oh, it's gone up to 2%. <laughs> I've discovered well, fusion. <laughs> let's, not, let's not play any games. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Jerry Lawler says, never before has a gypsy king gone toe-to-toe with a WWE superstar. I'm like... That's because it, the Fury's the oh. only one. <laughs> uh, Fury is billed as a lifelong WWE fan. That's what he's billed as as yeah. he comes down to the ring. Well, under, yeah, undefeated boxing heavyweight champion and lifelong WWE fan because it's very important to note that people have been WWE fans their whole life. Yeah, he is dressed as a character from GTA Vice City. And I awesomely am, so. I am yet to see this evidence that he's a good promo. It's they're not letting him do. He's scripted. That it's a, it's a real real shame because he's such an eloquent speaker. I've said it loads of times before. He because his delivery is great. You got to admit that it's fine. Like, oh, compared to the the usual, he's he's an he's not a trained actor. Dude, I will say what I said last week. He is perfectly fine for someone from Manchester. I'm kidding, of course. So yeah, Fury is just reading garbage WWE scripting, and although he's delivering it very well, in my opinion, like what Luke's <laughs> xenophobic <laughs> comments are. Uh, it, it, it's just it's he's reading crap, so you can't really make much of it. But he's gonna. He said that I'm not out of my element. I'm gonna knock you down at Crown Jewel, and then Braun stands up and he breaks the table with his hands, mm. and then Fury grabs the pen and sort of fakes breaking it. He's just like he fakes that he can't break it, and then does break it. Mm. I'm not sure what the faking bit was all about. I think it's mind games. I think it's... Yeah, I, I think I can see how that would be a little like, oh, no, I can't do it. Oh, no, I can, you stupid dickhead. <laughs> I, I can see how that would have worked, but it totally fell flat. Yeah. And I, I was... Because I, you couldn't really see the pen break. No. It looked like a magic trick. <laughs> I thought it was going to do... <sighs> it was... Hey, it was not as good as when Eric Rowan did it at Hell in a Cell. No, it wasn't good. Oh, yeah, that was the... With the pencil. That was brilliant. That was so cool. It was a great moment for him. Oh, my oh, charger arrives. It's Randy Andy Datsun to save the day. 
Um, so after that, we got Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander. I'll let you. Well, we had some more uh, picks before that. Um, Stephanie was back out. Uh, to announce the Raw had picked Samoa Joe. Oh, yes. SmackDown got uh, The Miz, which Fox were very happy about. Raw picked Akira Tozawa. More of that, 205 Live Death. SmackDown picked King Corbin. A show. Yep, and uh, show. and Raw picked Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, kind of figured that when they... I'm pretty sure they were speaking about Sheldon Benjamin being on Raw they, in that Well, match. I thought they said that as well, but then said, oh, he may get drafted. And then he got drafted. I feel like nobody knew what they should and shouldn't reveal. No. But then we got uh, Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander. A, a pure, like, 205 live match here on uh, on Monday Night Raw. And it was good fun. Really, really fun. I particularly like Cedric trying to do his little step-through move and Buddy Murphy just kneeing him right in the face with a V-trigger. Oh, Trey Magnifique. It was wonderful. Yeah, and Buddy Murphy's dive to the outside where he gets so much height and length. He yes. almost goes over Cedric Alexander completely. This is one of those matches where you watch it and you go like, how has this company not done anything yeah, yeah, with yeah. him since bringing him up to the main roster in bloody April? Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's Yeah, it's really, really good. I, I love Buddy Murphy. I think he's fantastic. He has such an insane moveset. Uh, that he's stolen from every New Japan star. And do you know what? I'm going to echo Dave Meltzer on that one. Good on him. Yeah. He's taken from the best. He's cribbed from the best, and now he's using it as his own. Cool. Great. Well done, mate. Cheeky Nandos. Yeah. More V-triggers. <laughs> yeah, I, good yeah, stuff, mate. Really, really good. Uh, so hopefully this means big things for Buddy. Again, apparently, apparently Heyman's a big fan of his. Uh, Crown Jewel plug. I'll obviously. let you uh, take the uh, this one. So this is where I, you know, they ran through the card for Crown Jewel. You've got Fury Strowman, you've got Velasquez Lesnar. For the WWE Championship, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, yes, it is, yeah. Yeah. And they also announced that Seth Rollins versus The Fiend in a Fool's Count Anywhere match for the Universal title would happen here. They didn't announce it on this show, but they did announce on Twitter that it's going to be Mansoor versus Cesaro as well. Mansoor, the winner of the uh, Battle Royal at whatever the show was earlier this year. Super Showdown. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got... <laughs> The largest tag team turmoil match to determine the World Cup for the best tag team in the world. So we spent a good 10 to 15 minutes this morning in the office trying to break this name down and work out. Because there's a lot of moving parts here. A lot of grammatically bad things. Just trying to work out what they were trying to get across with this. I think Laurie had the best theory when he said it's a Saudi Arabian phrase <laughs> that they put into Google Translate and this what came this is what came out the other side. Because as housemate Hyman pointed out, you can't determine a World Cup. You can win a World Cup, but you can't determine a World Cup. You could determine the best tag team in the world. So the largest tag team turmoil match to determine the best tag team in the world makes it's it's you know it's it's not great, but at least it makes sense. It's c- as clunky as all hell. Yep. But yeah. But when you add the World Cup in there, which, as we know from last year, was done because Qatar got the World Cup and Saudi Arabia are jealous of that. And so they want to keep having World Cup things that they can advertise around Saudi Arabia to say, like, we haven't got that World Cup, but we have got this World Cup. It's like, did you think there was a, a, a really rich guy who was as petty as Vince McMahon out there? <laughs> 
and he's it's beautiful in a way that he's found his his partner yeah. in Mohammed bin Salman uh, Saman uh, MBS I can't yeah. remember the I don't remember the I said it wrong when it was in the all the Khashoggi stuff last year I said his name wrong so many times uh, so yeah that's uh, that is eighteen words long it sounds like a parody yeah I just call it the tag team turmoil World Cup yeah yeah again a more concise name because as you pointed out. It's got tag team twice and world twice in this 18-word phrase. I'm going to read it again, Luke. <laughs> Please do. The largest tag team turmoil match to determine the World Cup for the best tag team in the world. <laughs> That's my favourite bit. The World Cup for the best tag team in the world. Well, yeah, because they won the World Cup. So the Street Profits then call out the OC. I don't know where... Get where, that smoke. Sorry, I don't know if this had been established, but... Um, Nakamura and Lashley have joined Team Flair for the oh, yeah. uh, Team Hogan Team Flair match, and Ricochet has joined Team Hogan. Yeah, uh, I I said that in in my review that goes up later. Uh, Ricochet's on Team Hogan because some of uh, Hogan's best friends are superheroes. <laughs> very good also if anyone was uh, curious as to whether Kofi Kingston will still be in that WWE championship picture no absolutely <laughs> not you're back to being a tag team pal throw them pancakes yeah didn't We're... not even a mention of it on Smackdown and wasn't angry at all absolute what a discredit to him it's a slap in the face absolutely. to all of us as well yeah so invested in him it just says don't get invested in the guys that you really want to push because really hear the popular kids and they're always going to win out. Uh, then we got some more draft picks. Rey Mysterio to Raw, which is surprising because of the whole Cain Velasquez relationship and Brock Lesnar. He may still be there. Yeah, good. maybe yeah. He, maybe he got drafted to Raw as a wrestler, but to SmackDown as a manager. Uh, Shorty Gable to SmackDown. It's now his official name. Literally crickets. Well, no, not literally cricket. Literally silence. <laughs> yeah. The crowd did not pop at all. There was no booing. There was no cheering. Because this is a terrible name for someone. That is not a name you can get over in spite of. Shorty Gable is... He's an Olympian. Titus O'Neil to Raw. <laughs> he got picked over Cesaro. What the hell's going on here? Elias to SmackDown. There's no reaction. And then uh, Liv Morgan to Raw. Which is, you know... I'm excited to see her back. She's uh, been teasing a new character now for, for months on end. I would not be surprised if she came back and she was the exact same Liv Morgan as we saw a few months ago. Uh, then we're back to the draft panel and Joe talks up Buddy as the best pick because he knows what he's talking about. Beth says Baron Corbin because she's just there to say whatever people say in her ear. Oh, she is a puppet, yeah. And then Booker T, I think, just got some hometown heat <laughs> because he wanted to have a laugh. Yeah, shucky ducky quack quack. And then the wrestling main event because the, the final bit was the Firefly Funhouse atrocity was the Kabuki Warriors versus Natalia and a mystery partner. Luke. <laughs> yes, mate. I completely overestimated what would happen here. Natalia comes out. She says, I, you know, I, and, and this is after a limp draft. I thought, come on, they've got to have something, man. They've got to have one big announcement, something shocking, a big <laughs> surprise. And Natalia comes out and says, I need to find someone who brings out the best in me. Like, personal friend, blah, 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 Someone blah. who took me to my limits. And I'm thinking, Ronda Rousey is coming back. Oh, Davis, no. As soon as she said, someone who took me to my limits, I was like, oh, my God, it's Lacey Evans. It's of so course, clear now. Of course it's Lacey it's Evans. It's so clear now. 
And that's totally my fault for, for getting swept up in it. I just want you to feel my pain. So when Lacey Evans did walk out, that was crushing. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Thanks, man. It was just, but not just because it goes from Ronda Rousey to Lacey. It's because, but you're drafted to different brands. And it, like, it's not like Lacey and uh, Natalia had an honor-based feud where they started out as bitter enemies and then they slowly gained each other's respect, like Cesaro and Sheamus did to form the bar. This was, Lacey was being a dick up until the end and Natalia didn't like her up until the end. And Natalia beats her and then no sold all of the beating that she took, and now they're tag team partners. Yeah, so it is what it is. The match didn't work psych psychologically because the crowd, aren't, no one's ever really that into Natalia. And we're not, we've not been given a reason to cheer Lacey Evans as a babyface, even though she was a babyface in this match. And a pretty crappy baby face, if you ask me. And I've got to think that's because she's only ever worked heel. And she's a good heel. Yeah. So I don't know why you would turn her baby face. Sit, like, let's be honest, six months into her proper main roster run after WrestleMania, I'm not counting all that walking down to the ring Doesn't bollocks. Count. Like, you've, you've already got to a place where you have to turn her. And you don't even have to turn her. Because I thought the last month of her in-ring work was the best she's done. Yeah. What the hell was going on here? Unless it's just a bottle capsule episode. Well, that's what I was Maybe wondering Maybe Charlotte as well. was going to come out for Natalia, but they had to use Charlotte to fill in Sasha Banks earlier on. Oh, I would have... No, I think this was always the plan. At least, you know, the plan for this day. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this is a bottle episode. And, like, we might not get Braun and Fury stuff next week on Raw. Maybe that would just only be on SmackDown for now because this was a special draft episode. But the commentary team were saying that they are a team and they could be new contenders for the Kabuki Warriors. So I don't know. And it would be so weird if Lacey was a babyface here in the corner, you know, as a partner for Natalia. And then when they come to SmackDown on Friday, she's just back to being Lacey Evans, the heel again. Yeah. Because there's no consistency there. I can fully see that happening as well. well yeah, quite. Um... Okay, so here's my review of the match. I love Asuka. Asuka is just amazing at absolutely everything she does. Yep. She was so, so great in this match. She's one of the best wrestlers in the company. Oh, yeah. And we've been, absolutely, yes. We've been saying this since day one of, of our NXT run. But it's so, when you watch this match, you're like, oh my God, she's one of the best wrestlers in the entire company here. She's one of the best female wrestlers in the world. She's actually one of the best wrestlers in the world. I take that back. She's one of the best wrestlers in the world. She's, an, she's amazing. But, and she, here she is in this rando tag team. It's almost... It's not rando, mate. They're Japanese. <laughs> Sorry, you're absolutely right. It just feels like a complete waste of, of having Asuka on your roster. In the same way that when you look at Shinsuke Nakamura, you're like, huh, you've got one of the best actual wrestlers on the planet, and this is what you've chosen to do with him. You know, like when TNA got, had a Kazuchika Ricard and they were like, ah, oh, you're Kato. In, in WWE's defense, Nakamura doesn't care. <laughs> well, why would you? You got there and they're like, um, we don't care about mm. you. So you're like, oh, why should I care then? Uh, what? So no love for Sane? I thought oh, no, Sane, Sane yes. was excellent Sane in this match. Sane was also very, very good. But I just like, I, I love Asuka so much. But yeah, Sane, like, that back fist that she did. Kyrie Sane's back fist to Lacey Evans outside. Took her bloody Ooh. head off. 
Crikey, it wasn't quite Will Ospreay ELP from New Japan mm. on, on uh, Monday, mm. but holy heckins, it was pretty great. Uh, the, so the match never really worked because, you know, the, the hot tags were for Lacey Evans <laughs> and, and no one's into her as a baby face. And doesn't, like, Natalia look stupid as well for picking Lacey after the feud that they've just had? Uh, and Asuka, Lacey hit the women's right on Kyrie Sane, and Asuka rolled up Lacey for the shock win. So, sort of protected. No time to celebrate, though. Yeah, because it cuts straight to Firefly Funhouse. And that's the show. Uh, sets up a very promising Raw roster. Everything else on this show was rubbish. You're right that it sets up a very good Raw roster, but there's something you said uh, a few moments ago that sort of, like, kind of hit me a little bit. It's when we were talking about Kofi Kingston. It was when you said that what this company is telling you is not to care about any of these people. And I want to care about these raw stars. But why should I? Mm. Because they may just get their hashtag three-week push and then we're back to where we've started. So should I be excited about this? Because every time I get excited about something in this company, it tells me not to. Firefly Funhouse. Kofi Kingston as WWE Champion. So... Should I be surprised come January where it's it's Seth versus Orton and it's Seth versus Orton at WrestleMania and it's we're not getting Alistair Black pushes or Buddy Murphy pushes or Ali or Andrade pushes? Should I be excited? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're totally right, and you could take that route, and it's definitely justified. Uh, I, me personally, I'm gonna hope that the the big powers are now focused on SmackDown. And traditionally, when that's happened in the past, when the big powers have previously been focused on Raw, SmackDown gets to grow. And that's where you get those really good runs of SmackDown episodes. Birth of Becky. And people start to break through. And I know Vince is ultimately in charge, but and Paul Heyman does bad things sometimes that don't work and are very outdated. But he, he is also someone who can pull out a Goldberg-Brock Lesnar storyline. Very true. So I'm going to take the optimistic route. I think SmackDown's going to be absolutely rubbish, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. <clears throat> it's going to be a... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're not reviewing that show. Yeah, I'm enjoy glad that... it, Pete. And not only are you coming in Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, enjoy Pete and Dave. <clears throat> so overall, I gave it two out of five. Yeah, I thought it was a really boring episode of uh, Raw, so uh, I completely agree. Let's run through your su- 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 super chats because we've got a hell of a load. Oh, yeah. And we've got nearly 4,000 people watching right now. The draft is a draw. That's crazy big. So, Chadwick, Chad Rick Clark says, not from Denver, he's from Davenport, Iowa. I said say Iowa. Yeah, he's yeah. Iowa. Uh, Fritz XXI TFK 777. I'd like Funhouse this week if it wasn't by WWE. <laughs> So, yeah, if, you, if it was by Bray, it'd be a lot better. Timothy Plate, if this isn't meant to turn Rollins heel, I don't know what w- IDK WTF WWE is doing. That wouldn't be the first time, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, but apparently it's not a double turn. Jude Augustine like says, we, we as a fan should stop watching WWE like this. We are just supporting McMahon's poo emoji. And then a money emoji. Then two fury face emojis. They are just screwing us and destroying the fiend. Um, when you say you mean like angry face emojis, not Tyson Fury emojis. Yes, yes. Sorry, it's not just Tyson Fury's face 
dressed up like an 80s character <laughs> yeah. from Miami Vice. You've got to remember, we're not the audience. The Saudi princes. Yes. And the investors. Uh, all Elite DK. So now Seth can enter people's imaginations. Three pondering face emojis. So when I was saying all that, and that Bray's gimmick should be rooted in reality, like it's, I, I like the idea of being able to interpret it as an imaginary world. But really, it isn't. Yes. So, so set, someone could eventually enter it, but it shouldn't have been Seth and it shouldn't have been now. Nate drops surname, calling it now. They're going to brawl out of the arena and have a taped finish in the funhouse with Seth winning to really bury the gimmick. Bloody hell. Shut your mouth, Nate. Josh McSack's see, um, too awful. Did you see Finn's tweet? <laughs> he said, you could have at least taken my picture down first, Seth. <laughs> uh, Josh McMullen, I think Bray will be the trade they have advertised. So this is the final trade pick. So they in, so the report from uh, WrestleVotes, who have a very good track record, said that WWE realized they made an error with Friday's draft, where they essentially told everyone ahead of time what the draft picks were in order. And so this week they were shaking it up and they were going to make a blockbuster trade on the show to swerve people and shock people. Could be Bray, could be The Fiend. Are Fox going to want to let him go, though, after getting him? Yeah. Apparently because Fox really, really wanted him because he was the hottest thing in wrestling, despite WWE's best efforts. He was the hottest thing. Yeah, maybe they don't mind so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, Adam Hunt... Uh, sorry, no. Brian Gallagher. Gallagher, maybe. Gallagher. We're Gallagher because we're British. Sorry, I just lost my place. Uh, whenever I get excited by something on WWE, i.e. Firefly Funhouse, I remind myself that Vince is in charge and my excitement cools off immediately. Sage words. Adam Hunter. Surprise, surprise. WWE gets the fiend wrong. So it looks like you and I are not off base with our negativity to that. The Super Chats are certainly reflecting... Yeah, and I, you know, when I logged on to Twitter this morning, there was a lot of. It's basically, Twitter this morning was everyone talking about how bad the final segment was and laughing at how bad two K twenty looks. A lot of negativity, but justified. The the problem with the feet, the, the hurtful thing about the fiend is that WWE booked him perfectly up until two Sundays ago. Yeah, and it's just been such a hard fall. They've gotten everything wrong since. <laughs> Uh, Decentry Joe, WWE just will not let us have anything nice. Hey, we had Kofi for a bit. Matt Dennis, I think they are doing Seth Fiend double turn. Thoughts? Not according to Dave Meltzer. Yeah. Apparently that was that is not the plan. Uh, Firefly Fanhouse uh -oh. and a Madden just... <laughs> Why do they always do this? <laughs> Sounds like what Bray was saying to uh, Rollins. Why, why do they always do this? That was us. Yeah. That was the meta uh, commentary there. Calliope Engelhurt says, I feel like a possible backpedal for The Fiend is if Seth says he never actually found Bray and it turns out that Seth's attack was in Bray's mind. I thought, Whoa, crikey. I, th I thought about that too. Uh, it doesn't work. It'll, it'll come off as so hokey. Yeah. Because that was Seth there. So now we can see Bray's own vision. Hogan in the mirror. It's, Sorry, it's, it's Warrior in the mirror. It doesn't work. For me, I think that's rubbish. Uh, Orlando Orego, maybe there will be a heel turn for Seth or a double turn. I, maybe they will turn Seth heel. Well, they, the report was that uh, Randy Orton was going to be like a big baby face on the brand. So maybe the idea to turn Seth heel and have him feud with baby face Randy. I've just seen we're on page four. 
of 12 pages. Oh, right, okay. Quick fire. Eric Murphy. Uh, Pete, if you're watching, can you change the start date for Screen Stalker Live? Dark match date? Start <laughs> time. Uh, dark match was Seth versus Fiend, with the Fiend getting DQ'd when he attacked the referee. So maybe that's one way out of the Saudi Arabia match. Bob Plob. I don't think they've scrapped the funhouse, a burnt funhouse with broken pictures. Bray will become even more twisted. So the idea that the funhouse was what was holding this full evil version of the fiend back could be done i still think it's too little too late ryan kester i fully expect them to have a fool's count anywhere match somehow end with a count out based on the logic of their recent booking yeah ryan Sand said that as well Very wcw maxman 475 vince gives seth a lighter tells him to burn it down and cackles and tells backstage now that's good s word oh yeah mm-hmm. timothy Beatty, kane orton and rollins the authority loves arson <laughs> Yeah, maybe Vince just is a bit of a pyromaniac. Uh, Alicia Hudgens, another another NC. No greater, contest. Another no contest, greater than last man standing at Survivor Series. Oh, then, so do a last man standing match at Survivor Series. Yeah. They're on different brands. Well, I guess that... Maybe that doesn't matter. Uh, KML, this episode of Raw made my, made my heart feel owie-wowie. Oh, that's... Oh. Actually hurt me a little bit that one. James Watson, is it possible the Fiend wins and Kane wins? Therefore, the titles switch. Therefore, the 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 titles switch brands, meaning Kane goes to Raw with Ray. But surely Fox really want Kane Velasquez. Mm. Uh, Power Packers ninety. Let's bury our most over gimmick. Good S word, Paul. <laughs> uh, Patrick, that's Paul Heyman. Patrick Hall. Hey guys. Hallomania here. I was going to say that's Hallomania. Having my second knee surgery of the year on Friday. Oh, mate. Wish me luck. Wishing you luck. Yeah, good luck, mate. Do you think the regular Bray will end up being the big bad and eventually kill the Fiend? I think someone's posed this before where we have a Bray versus Fiend match. Like, that's how you end all of this, as you do Bray versus the Fiend. I think I said that as a joke. <laughs> Jay Patel, just saw a Twitter video after the main event dark match from last night with The Fiend and Rollins and Seth is booed so heavily like Roman was last year. Well, this is what will happen. This is what happens when you do this. Love Toast. Maybe the Firefly Funhouse was a way to contain The Fiend somewhat with Bray and now that it's burnt down, Bray will lose complete control. We talked about that. Josh Ruffin, The Fiend should go to AEW. (laughs) They would push him. He has been pushed. He's in like the main event. They're just doing it terribly. Louis De Silva, also yes, watching Firefly Funhouse burning down with all of the controversial booking surrounding it is deeply breaking me. Hashtag save me AEW. Wow. Uh, do you want some, me to do, take these? Gonna... Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks, man. Break it up a little bit. Uh, this one comes in from uh, Michael Dominguez that said, uh, Draft made no difference to main roster shows, uh, minus the low mid-carders. Yeah. Uh, well, apart from Fiend on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, Edward Eduardo Rodriguez says, Morning, boys. Love the show. They forgot two picks. Uh, Raw, dra- Raw ring drafted to Raw. Smackdown ring drafted to Smackdown. So because the blue ropes and the red ropes? And I don't know. If you count the rings as picks, I guess. Maybe. Uh, Chris uh, EV1989 says, Charlotte, Andrade, Zelina, and Alistair Black all on the same show. WWE is so caring about its superstars, so why not its fans? It's a good point. Well, you know, let's remember, in April this year, they broke them all up. Yeah. So they're, they're not even that caring about their wrestlers. 
Antonio Q says, It's a shame Joe isn't wrestling, but I must say, him providing analysis is such a treat for the ears. I could listen to him talk all day. Totally. It's kind of like when CM Punk was injured and he was a really good colour commentator. Um, Sidesh uh, Mirankanjar, oh, apologise for saying that wrong, going to watch the first episode of SmackDown on Foss with an entirely new roster live in Indianapolis this Friday. I'm super excited. Hearts and eyes emoji. Well, it, it could be good. It's the start of a new chapter. Yeah. Uh, Jorge Anya says, how does this draft compare to the other drafts in WWE? Uh, in terms of execution, it's right down there because it was boring. And in terms of actual trades, it was probably the worst of the modern era. Uh, Zach Icon Linda uh, with a great callback to the uh, Hogan going into the Dungeon of Doom. It's not hot! One of my favourite lines of all time. There's no Hulkamaniacs down here. There's no Hulkamaniacs here! Such a great segment. Um, so, I feel like you and I are going to get heat because you didn't know what the, the Fox robot was and I said it's probably a sports-based thing mm. and whenever we as Brits don't know something about a, an American sport, the Americans take that as a slight against them as an entire country and then we get the heat for it. Pete and Dave said something on Friday's show. You and I got heat for it on Twitter. It's 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 the sort of uh, response from a country that names a, a, their baseball competition the World Series, despite <laughs> only featuring two countries. Yes. Well, anyway, Timothy Platt says, the Fox robot has been part of their NFL presentation for quite some time. So because you didn't know that, I'm now going to get a load of heat on Twitter. Still stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I remember I said it was good. It looked like Pepsi Man. Uh, Dustin Pylon said, I miss Rusev Day. I wish he got drafted to SmackDown. Have him re-debut as a face and pretend that his time on Raw never happened. Keep the moustache, though. Yeah, I mean, there's only so many times you can pretend stuff never happened. Uh, Loveto says, hey, mate, cheers from the actual state of Washington. <laughs> Which one? Oh, well, we there's, don't know. There's hundreds. Uh, what if the, quote, blockbuster, uh, end quote, trade involves Bray going to Raw or some agreement between the networks to allow Bray on both shows? I don't... It's too, it's too little too late now. I think he should be kept away from Rollins, too. Um, Mark, Scottish Cycle Path, Murray, says, The Scottish Cycle Path was a round one pick. What's next for him? Well, hopefully... Did he go to Raw or SmackDown? Oh, my God, I think it's Raw. Uh, yeah, hopefully a storyline. He's such, so, so good. Well, no, storyline is he could be someone's second. <laughs> maybe maybe he could be a second for Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Voorhees says, So, if we're supposed to believe that these brands are fighting for a brand, why the hell did Jinder Mahal get picked before King Corbin or The Miz? Uh, because it's there's no actual thought gone into these things. I was about to say he's a former WWE champion, forgetting that The Miz is also a former WWE champion and once headlined WrestleMania a match that he won. And the, the old rule is that wherever Miz goes, it's the better show. I don't. Th I think that streak might come to an end. Um, Jeremy Bell says, I want the Fox NFL robot to be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle <laughs> Royal. Um, Chris Thorne, who jo is Jobber JJ's number one fan, said, uh, why is Luke mad that the man who beat Brock Lesnar was number one? Because Brock Lesnar's like the most over thing they have. Like, in, I'm talking in a kayfabe world. Brock Lesnar is like the unstoppable multi-sport star. Why wouldn't you want him to be your number one pick? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, do you want to take the next one? It's on Lana and Lashley. Lana and Lashley, uh, the Adnap 2. I now look forward to hear what Brazzers has to say about WWE every week. Oh, they said some more, I think. Yeah. I'll do a quick... Well, the, the Lana Lashley stuff. Yeah, I'll have a quick uh, Google Spencer O. My roommate asked me why I was watching pornography <laughs> on the TV last night during that massage segment. Sometimes it's embarrassing to be a wrestling fan. Um, I mean, if your housemate confused that for... I mean, it was too poorly shot to be pornography. Mm. Too poorly staged. Uh, and then on to Braun Fury stuff, Justin James. I guess Lawler forgot Big Show versus Floyd Mayweather. So he said that he's the only undefeated boxer to ever step into the ring with a WWE superstar. But then Dio Madden corrected him and said, only heavyweight, because of course Floyd yeah. isn't a heavyweight. So a lot of people have said that, but yeah, it was corrected. Chris Thorne, uh, Jobber JJ. 496's number one fan again says Mauro Ranello commentated the Fury versus Wilder fight for Showtime I guess that's interesting mm. huh. I, I wish they should make something of that really yeah. but Ranello exists in the Triple H expanded universe shall I take over uh, yeah I'll just I'll do the women's text okay, stuff. Yeah, cool. All Elite DK why are Natalia and Lacey Evans teaming up it's weird yep uh, All Elite DK again. Lacey and Natalia are a team. Seth burned Fiend's table. They're just trying to process stuff there, yeah. I think. I think the Lacey-Natty um, thing, uh, it's the same as the bar. That's the way I looked at it. It's, it's exactly the same as the bar. They were feuding. Now they're a tag team. It's just not a well-told story. It's not story. a well-told story. It makes sense on paper. It's just not a well-told story. Ronce Rajan, should they change the names of the tag titles, women's belts, i.e. well WWE tag team titles? I think slapping Raw and SmackDown in front box, in front boxes them into what shows they are on and the superstars that they could win it. Well, I think if, the, if you're having distinct brands, that's totally what they should do. Uh, Eric Jackson isn't it a funny coincidence that Rio became AEW champion and four days later Asuka and Kyrie Sane win the tag titles with no build Uh, yes it's a coincidence yeah I I think they just don't care about the women's belts and thought let's put it on them Clifford Miller Sane selling the women's right was my favourite thing on this show oh it was a great sell job so so good because she's brilliant uh, alright on the subject of Crown Jewel uh, Fritz says uh, if we pay you enough will you not watch Crown Jewel uh, and I like the sentiment uh, but we've got to do it because you know it's what people watch us for uh, Bro- uh, sorry, Tyler Bailey says this goddamn company. I'm going to go on a tirade here on Twitter on how this bloody company cannot book a show without Saudi blood money. Oh my god, angry man, Tyler. Uh, Brock Betty says, "Got to agree with Pete from SmackDown. I'd like to see the war rooms of WWE partners. Personally, I'd like to see the Saudis' war room." <laughs> uh, on the general subject of Wrestle Talk, uh, Matthew says, "What happened to the Wrestle Talk showcase?" Oh, it was just that was the first series. We were only going to do four episodes. We were quite clear about that in the in the final episode. Like, it's the season finale. And we're currently getting more matches for season two. Indeed. Um, Canalil Mol Probabile uh, says, Matthew, last Facebook post, great recap. Also, ah. <laughs> uh, that's Matthew of Botchamania. Always funny. Uh, Rio Odonte says draft was dumb of course uh, why do that ending with Firefly Fanhouse also love you guys keep up the great content and amazing work love from the states mates oh thank you very much what was the question part sorry why just why do that kind of a rhetorical question yeah uh, Rio Odonte again says happy Columbus Day King Chopper Whopper 
We'll say it to him when we see yeah. him. Jesse Venable says, the only way I know uh, if I've seen a video or not is by clicking the like button. Been watching since early 2016. Over 1,000 watched WrestleTalk Screen Stalker YouTube videos. Well, thank you so much. So, very, very humbling. support WrestleTalk. Uh, Finn Brennan says, um, just looking for a shout out, to be honest. Hi, guys. Swaffed on. So, hi, Finn. Hi, Finn. Uh, Brian Gallagher says, uh, I'm going to start my own YouTube channel and podcast about WrestleTalk. It's going to be called Talking About WrestleTalk or Rambling About the Ramble. Eventually, I'll start a channel called Stalking Screen Stalker. I like this. I like meta levels. Yeah. I wanted to start a YouTube channel that was called Goggle Goggle Box, which is people reacting to the show Goggle Box. It's very funny. Uh, Aaron Smith said, Morning from Australia. <laughs> it's 2 a.m., mate. mate. Uh, I've just become a pledge hammer. I want to say thanks for keeping me company as I study for my uni exams next year. Oh, thank you very much. Good luck. Welcome aboard. Uh, Louis De Silva says, Luke, non-wrestling question, uh, which Gigan design do you prefer? Uh, G or Gigan or Final Wars? Also, do you think we could see him in a future MonsterVerse movie? Excellent question, Louis. This is a, a great question. I'm a fan of the original Gigan design uh, from the 1970s. That is like, that's pure Gigan to me. I like the, the, the whirling um, chest thing. So yeah, so I'm going to go uh, OG Gigan, I believe. And yeah, I think we could see him in a future MonsterVerse movie. It depends on how well Warner Brothers uh, will have received, or Legendary, I suppose, um, thought that the box office was for King of the Monsters, which I don't think was particularly great as to whether they want to do more films after um, King Kong vs. Godzilla. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Nate Drop's surname says, sorry guys, but this company... This company. This company. Jobber JJ, Ollie Davis's number one fan, said, I have a Chris Thorne, uh, I have a fan, Chris Thorne, legend, Jobbers United. Um, and oh, yeah, because that was the, uh, the yeah. name, yeah. Right, so you can take the miscellaneous, my friend. Ooh. Vernon Jeffries, have you guys heard that Vince McMahon reportedly said that WWE was to pro wrestling? Was too pro wrestling. I was imagine. too pro wrestling. But he's always thought that. He hates. Yeah. He doesn't like wrestling. That's why he created the term sports entertainment. KJ, just finished reading AJ Lee's book. Can you recommend me any other wrestling books? I sure bloody can. Chris Jericho's Hardcore Mick Holly's. Foley's. Hardcore Holly's book is absolutely brilliant. Particularly if you're not a fan of Triple H. Mm. <laughs> uh, Sterling Van, put Volta in a five-way. You'll thank me later. Because he'll just chop everyone to bits. I'd put Walter in any match. Matt Dennis, thanks for your donation. That's very generous. I got TV three weeks ago, so now I can watch WWE live. Mm. Mainly NXT. Before that, I got all my WWE news from you guys. I'm 22. Their target audience. And I struggle to get through it all. It's hard to watch. NXT is cool, though. Well, you're going to bring down that uh, medium because apparently WWE appeals to the over 50s currently, especially yeah. uh, especially NXT. That's their target market is the over 50s. Uh, Seth Amphetamines. I've been a fan since I was 15. I'm now 20. Lovely time with the boys. Lovely time with the boys. Long time with the boys. Robo no, no it's The WWE is awful. Can't wait for Wednesday for AEW. Super stoked for I'm this really week's show. really excited. Yeah, I really genuinely look forward to it. Uh, Black Saw, Johnny Such Hex. Such a shill for them. <laughs> you know, well, they pay me. Fire Vince McMahon. He's so out of touch and shot himself in the foot, and he's so old and bringing back the XFL. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of people are just ranting. Oh, yeah. It's one of no the questions. It, it was one of those shows, I guess. Now, there's a name here. Got to be careful the way you say it. Mike Hunt. Michael Hunt says, if WWE keeps doing what they are doing now with the inconsistent storylines and the botched finishes, do you think AEW is going to become the top wrestling company within the next couple of years? No. 
I think that WWE are effectively, and perhaps I will eat these words, untouchable. I think that they have got a core group of fans that are going to watch no matter what they do. And I, there was um, th- there was a woman in the front row of this show that I noticed a lot. She was hard camera side, who was reacting to every single person like they were the most amazing thing. And I was like, that is WWE's dream. That is the WWE fan. And we hear from them a lot on this channel. There are people who are diehard WWE fans who through thick and thin will forever watch this company. So I can't, I mean, maybe I'm I'm wrong and maybe I'll eat these words, but at this point in time, and after this length of time, I just think they're untouchable. I think next couple of years, talking three years, AEW could outdraw Raw in the ratings. I don't know. Um, Did you go, um, K. Amal says, the Fox robot is going to feud with Braun for WrestleMania 36. (laughs) Oh, mate, that's a marquee match match right there. Scyther versus everyone. Fun fact. Matt Hardy name-dropped ROH in the Edge feud. Hmm. Uh, Chris Ev, 1989, wonder when he was born. Did you guys catch Selena Vega's promo at the start of the Andrade match? Four horse faces, and referring to Charlotte as Becky. Botch or not, do you think? No, the, the four horse faces was Yeah, a so, uh, very much a scripted thing, and Andrade laughed at it. Yeah. He's a heel. Uh, the real YouTube, or the real YT, Canales shouldn't sign a five-year contract only because he needed guaranteed money for his family. Wrestlers know how Vince not wanting to let them go from their contracts. Sometimes you have to take a risk. That storyline was stupid. I want a very generous donation. I've just seen the amount there. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, you got to feel bad for Mike. You know, he made a choice that he thought was the right thing to do. Maybe he bought into the idea that they were going to give him a push. Then it turns out it was a lie, and now he's tied into a contract that he's trying to get out of. I, I feel sympathy for the empathy for the guy, but you shouldn't have resigned. I think it was quite clear what was going to happen. Yeah. So I, I just you know I, I struggle to fully empathise with the guy. Uh, Sean Turner, Liv Morgan comes back as the female Raven. <gasps> Now we're talking my language. My new idea, a maker the Raven he wished he could have been in WWE. Paul Heyman knows Raven. Wink, wink. <sighs> We've got Bailey Sting. I mean, what else is this channel going to manifest in reality? <laughs> the Adnap 2. Controversial opinion. TNA didn't know what they had with Okada. I'm not defending <laughs> the racist Okada gimmick, but they had no idea he'd become great. No, they didn't. Because no. they completely undervalued him. Because Vince Russo has this idea that if you're not American or not from North America, you can't get over, and therefore you have to be given a gimmick like Akada was given the Kato gimmick. So he wasn't, he wasn't given a chance to be good. Metal Bear, I'm glad you like the Cena-Seth comparison. Also, poor Eric Young getting put on TV to be reburied. On the plus side, possible as the Black push. Yeah. Yeah, look for those positives. John Ruffin, Fiend versus Jericho. Well, I mean, we, We've had Bray versus Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Fina be better. Maybe Fina be different. Uh, I'm just going to run through the rest of them. Gabriel Reyes. Why does WWE value harmful and stupid booking over its fans? Also, don't worry. I'm from the US and I hate most sports stuff. <laughs> no heat from me. Thumbs up emoji. Hey! Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, again, a rhetorical question. They, because... They, they don't think it's bad booking. And they resent their audience. I think they think that we're people, like a, like a carnival, 
Basius walking in, that's a punter I can get money off of. Punter, stupid, idiot, punter. All marks that I can con. Mm -hmm. That's what wrestling's based on. Luckily, it's gone past those carnival routes in the last decade or so. You've just got to go back to that page interview. It wasn't WWE's fault that women's wrestling was not taken seriously. It was the fans' fault that wrestling, that women's wrestling was not taken seriously. Callum Marshall, all this is fixed if the Fiend attacks Brock. I don't even know if it is. It would, it would be the probably the best thing they could do. Uh, Sean Turner, the mystery broke with wildcard rule. Remember, but Raw, he was technically drafted to Raw, and that no, was Raw, the Raw has show been the better show this year. Uh, Chris Ev, nineteen eighty nine. Lola was so bad on commentary. Saying Andrade was related to Mario Andretti. Leave it to Dio and Vic. Two man booth would be much better. Yeah, Lawler's there to be the veteran, kind of like help them in this sort of life scenario, I guess. But he is also kind of smothering them, I feel like yeah. he's chipping in too <laughs> much. All Elite DK, why would Lana and Rusev agree with all this? Vomiting emoji. That dollar dollar bill, y'all. I think they're just trying to ride out their contracts. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Gabriel Reyes, got a promotion at work. Now I get to join Patreon. Hey! hey! Well done on the promotion. The one and only Z Serb, and that's why I love AEW over WWE. Jobber JJ four nine six, Ollie Davis's number one fan. Me, Chris, and Ollie wrestle talks in a circle. He's uh, got you in there without even asking. Ooh, the inner circle. Uh, and Seymour Mendez Jr. Raw was poor, more lovely venting with the boys. Well, thank you all so much. And lastly, well, we've got some donations with no message. Brian Gallagher or Gallagher with a, a huge donation. Wow. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. Adam Kosbab with another lovely donation and Ronce Rajan. Thank you so much, everybody. So this was an email that we sort of read out on the Friday show, but we didn't actually end up using that intro and outro because we've been having some mic issues as of late. As some people who watch the live shows might have heard. No. Well, you know, not a lot of people have mentioned it, but it's fine. We think it's fixed now. We had a bad week. We had a bad week, but we think it's okay now. If anything goes wrong, it's Pete's fault. We changed the software that we use to stream stuff. Yes, and that's yeah. And the previous one, we were able to boost some of the microphones because we think one of the, some of the cables were a bit knackered. We're, we're working things out. We're tinkering things. Anyway, anywho, as as a result, we didn't get to do an intro and outro for Friday's show with me and Pete, which essentially was just us being very confused about what day of the week it was and what the schedule currently was. I asked him what is he doing on the Saturday, and he told me, "Let me I'm coming into work." Mm. I was like. Oh, yeah, of course you are. That's actually the second time I've asked you that today. Wrestling rests for no man. Exactly. But we didn't get to answer this email, and this comes in from Safe, who says, Hi, Luke and co. Firstly, incredible thanks for the content and coverage of the hectic wrestling calendar now. Your consistency is consistently consistent. Damn, <laughs> is consistent even a word now? It doesn't even look like a word. <laughs> um, I get that sometimes. I'm like, is that really how chairs spelt? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, Safe, if you remember correctly, is the man who sends emails with incredibly tiny fonts. Mm, sort it out, Safe. Uh, anyway, I've recently started at the University of Manchester, and since I don't drink or really like clubbing, I was kind of worried about missing out on all the social aspects of student life. Not to mention that I'm still 17 and won't turn 18 until the end of my first year, so I can't even get into a club. Well, he was moved up a year. Smart boys, oh, I say. Oh, we smart, got a smart, smart guy boy. in the house. Oh, check out the big brain oh. on Brad. <laughs> uh, luckily, I found some people. Do you know what's also brilliant about this? He's 17. That opening paragraph he sent to us was an in-between as reference nice shows how universally beloved that that series is it will last forever my friend was a year uh 
like he was moved up a year when he went to university. Oh, yeah. And, well, it was at school, but so he went to university a year younger than everyone else. And the bars had pictures of all the kids who oh, were too oh, young. Really? So they knew. Yeah. Yeah, still, still got served anyway. <laughs> friend of mine at school uh, was actually moved down a year. Like... That doesn't happen in the UK. Oh, it happened in this in this school. That only happens in American high school oh, movies. This happened in my school. It was Whoa. in my year, and he got kept back a year to because he was naughty. Uh, no, uh, just he had to reset his first year of A levels again. And oh, um, A levels are different. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I, I that happened as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, that's right. But anyway, he got moved down a year. And the only reason I wanted to bring that up is because I once made a joke about it, um, and he. His feelings were so, so hurt that I often think about that conversation and it haunts me, really, to hear that the hurt mm. in his voice when he's like, it's not funny, man. Oh. oh, You see, but that's good for sort of, now you know, huh, that's what it feels like to say a hurtful comment to someone. Yeah. Because I, I, was, I was looking at their face right there when I said it. Everyone's got things like that that they can, you know, it sort of makes them more empathetic people. But now, with the kids on the internet, they're not look. They're not getting that. They can say nasty things, and they don't get the oh, the, that the makes me feel that bad makes me feel bad. Uh, anyway, right. So back to Safe's email. Uh, he says, uh, bah, bah, bah. "Luckily, I found some people in similar situations to me who don't drink and don't drink much. But I still feel like I'm missing out. My question is, what is there as a student to do without drinking drugs?" <laughs> Uh, secondly, Next. secondly, do you have any advice on procrastination? I feel like I've wasted so many hours a day when I need to be studying, including watching all of your videos and cultaholics. Hey, lad, don't blame us. Uh, well, I probably don't. Well, that, that, that's your first one. Cut out the cultaholic <laughs> side of your viewing habits. Uh, well, I probably don't quite need to study twenty four seven. I would like to do more, but I just find myself laying on my bed doing nothing. I'm sure just doing nothing. Mm. Uh, any help would be fantastic. And thanks again for my transition into uni life. Easier, all the best. So there's two things there. What to do apart from drinking uh, at uni? Well, I would answer. So the answer to the question I gave on Friday was that you've already found your niche. You found your group. Yeah. You found your, you're not missing out on anything. You're just going to make your memories with your group of friends who also don't drink much. For the memories. For the memories. I wasn't a big, well, actually I was quite a big drinker, but I was not a clubber when I was at university. I liked going to pubs. Old man boozers, that was my cup of tea, or my pint of bitter, if you will. And I would go to an old man pub where me and my friends could sit down and we could play games um, and we could just chat and not have to shout over each other or pay for overpriced beer. Um, and it was just brilliant. I didn't need to go out to clubs because I wasn't going to enjoy myself if I'd gone. So you said there that you don't really like clubbing, so don't go clubbing because you're just going to go to a place that you're not going to have fun at. <clears throat> totally. Because you can go to the pub with your friends or even clubbing with your friends and not drink. Mm -hmm. And still, I, I, I've got friends who do that all the time. And that they have an equally good time and they don't feel like crap the next day. It's probably the better way to do it overall. Um, so it's, it's not the drinking that's the issue there. It's the you don't like that sort of environment, most likely. So, yeah, join some societies. That's it. That's what... Uh, University is all about. I am I'm president, founder of the Film Society oh, at Brighampton University. Look at you. Yeah. I was um, scheduler at my local, uh, my student radio station. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so get into that sort of stuff. And that will help you with the procrastination. Uh, the other point on procrastination is start journaling, man. At the start of the day, just write down what you're going to do with it. 
mm. couple of I want to do this, this, and this. But don't don't pack it. Don't say I'm going to accomplish all of these things. I'm going to learn another language, write a novel. Just say I'm going to do this, this, and this, and That's everything else will fall into place around it. It's nice, man. I like yeah. that. So it's a good outlook. So yeah, I think you just need to enjoy yourself. Enjoy hanging out with the people that you like being around. Don't force yourself to do something you're not going to enjoy. But also, there was a study that came out recently that young folk, the younger folk of today, the generation after us, are not big drinkers anymore. It's just not. Yeah. It's not a socially cool thing to do. Not like it was, say, in the '90s and the early 2000s when you and I were sort of in our formative years. That. It's just become, it's not the done thing anymore. It's actually people would much rather go and have a drink or two, go to a board game cafe, and then go home. It's all about that angel dust now with the kids. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Uh-oh, heroin. <laughs> anyway, that is all we've got time for. I just bumped into my microphone. Sorry about that. Uh, that's all we've got time for on today's podcast. Ollie and I will be back on Thursday oh, with yeah. the AEW review. I genuinely can't wait. Yeah. Really so looking forward to what it. What a lineup we've got this week, particularly with that tag match that they've announced. Which So what's that? It's Pack and Moxley versus Paige oh, and oh, Kenny Omega. Oh, oh, oh. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to seeing Alan and... Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah, so we're going to be back on the AEW review. On that same day, Laurie and Pete will be doing the NXT review for Utter Marks. And then <laughs> uh, whoever it is on the Friday will be doing the magazine show. And then Pete and Dave, just Dave, will be back on Saturday to do the SmackDown review. I uh, hope you enjoyed the interview podcast we put out yesterday with Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan and Brian Cage. Great interviews there by Louis Danger, Dan Gore. So go check those out in the podcast feed. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.